MMR's Preston C podcast is brought to you by Acme. Get more from your store with Acme's Fresh Pass program. Acme Markets, fresh food, local flavors. This is Virginia Lottery recording session. We're rolling. Coming this Tuesday. Actually, just read option one. New games every Tuesday? Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. It is March 7th, a Tuesday. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a man was killed and a woman was injured after they were shot by police in Delaware on Monday night. It happened at 740 outside of the 7-Eleven on the 200 block of Maryland Avenue in Richardson Park. Police say one Newcastle County police officer opened fire in the parking lot, hitting a man and a woman believed to be in their 20s. The unidentified man was taken to Christiana Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. Police say the woman was being treated for non-life-threatening injuries. No officers were injured in the incident. According to investigators, officers were in the area conducting a drug investigation when the incident occurred. When police vehicles arrived on the scene, they blocked the suspect's silver Hyundai in the parking lot. As the silver car took off, it hit the open passenger door of the officer's vehicle. That same officer fired at the Hyundai. Uh, The officer involved in the shooting has been placed on administrative leave pending the outcome of the investigation. Anyone with information on the shooting is asked to call the criminal investigations unit. A staff member at a school in Connecticut was arrested after police say a fifth grade student lost consciousness when she demonstrated a chokehold maneuver. 50-year-old Stephanie Sanabria was working as a math coach at Brookside Elementary School back in February when she uh, officials say she performed the martial arts move on three students. Now is choking calculus or algebra? No, that's right, what they're right. trying to figure out. And now we demonstrate the pile driver. Oh yeah. God. I mean, yeah. Uh, what are you doing? today's home ed class, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to jump off the turnbuckle right. onto your desk. Right. They were demonstrating jujitsu moves to some of the students in the class who had volunteered to do that, the Norwalk lieutenant explained. After the student lost consciousness, the school nurse immediately treated the child. An arrest warrant was issued for Sanabria, and she was arrested at her home a week later. Today we'll be discussing Mary Shelley and the Iron Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> She's facing charges of strangulation, risk of injury to a minor and reckless endangerment according to police. The teacher has since resigned. Uh, Investigators are looking into how a math lesson could have turned into a martial arts class or even self-defense demonstration using something as controversial as a chokehold. In the meantime, parents learning about this say while they don't think any harm was intended, they wonder what the teacher was thinking. Senebri is expected in court on Friday. (laughs) A Massachusetts man was arrested for allegedly stabbing a flight attendant in the neck with a broken metal spoon three times during a flight from Los Angeles to Boston on Monday after attempting to open an emergency exit door, according to the Justice Department. Remember, we just talked about this, that they can't actually open yes, it? right. Uh, so a pilot told me that he, that's not true on all fla- on all planes. Um, maybe it depends on uh, the how high they they, they go up with know. pressurization and, and I was all like, that stuff. I felt so confident about that then, and he was like, oh, he's like, it's not all planes. I was like, oh, man. Uh, well, what about all commercials? I, d- I don't know. I okay. don't know. I didn't get into it. It was over text, and I, I didn't me, that, uh, text back. You'd probably want that to open only when you're on the I ground. Seriously. Mm-hmm. But listen, okay, yeah. so, so here's what he did. 33-year-old friends 
Francisco Severo Torres faces one charge of interference and attempted interference with flight crew members and attendants using a dangerous weapon. Francisco, that's fun to say. Torres was arrested at Boston Logan International Airport Monday and will remain detained pending a hearing set for uh, Thursday. During a United Airlines flight from L.A. to Boston, the flight crew saw an alarm that a door in the plane had been disarmed and after inspection, a flight attendant saw that the door's locking handle had been pushed out of the fully locked position Mm. and an emergency slide arming arming lever had been disarmed. Uh, So the flight attendant who saw Torres near the door, she then walked over to him according to the department uh, who asked if there were cameras showing that he had tampered with the door. According to court documents, the flight attendant then notified the captain that they believed Torres posed a threat to the aircraft and that the captain needed to land the aircraft as soon as possible, the Justice Department said. Soon after, Torres allegedly got out of his seat, mouthing something before thrusting toward one of the flight attendants in a stabbing motion with a broken metal spoon, hitting the flight attendant on the neck area three times. So you raise a question there that I haven't considered. So, you know, in the actual cabin, in the actual passenger section, are there security cameras? I don't know. Whenever I see footage, it's usually from someone else's cell phone. phone. I don't think that there is. I think it's what this guy asked. I I read the story as well, and I think he just asked Asked. them that. Right. Right. Should there be security cameras? I know, right? Yeah, right. right? There's security cameras everywhere, right? right? I mean, you you, you have, uh, you know, dash cam cameras on your car. But think about it. Anytime you've ever seen cabin footage, it's usually from someone's phone. Absolutely. But you also, uh, I thought you were going to ask this question. Um, When you're eating at a restaurant inside your terminal, because obviously you're not allowed to bring knives and forks like or whatever through uh in your Security. in your carry-on can you not bring a fork through on your carry-on i don't know i mean you're not even allowed to bring like so. nail clippers. you can bring all barbecue utensils with right, you. Right. no but like honestly they, they will uh <laughs> especially the fork right yeah. the giant fork the giant with the two fork, prongs. if there's an eagle's right. logo on the handle uh casey you've got a good point so there are restaurants within the gate mm-hmm. areas that that uh i i wonder if even like you could get your hands on a butter knife i mean for crying out they make shivs out of toothbrushes well, and this guy like made that a shiv out of a spoon yeah that's a, that is an interesting question, Case. And are they... It's I a don't, shoon at that point. In the airport, I don't think okay. they're metal. I think they're plastic. Well, plastic, like that's, you, what, that's... Well, so I think what he was using... Oh, no, hang metal? on. No, you can, uh, like, there There are full-on sit-down restaurants, restaurants between uh, Terminal C and B, which okay. is past security... Uh, like there's illegal seafood there. There's a few other places you can sit yeah, down. You can have, sure a, you can have a steak, absolutely, yeah, okay. and you can use metal uh, utensils for sure. You could conceivably weird, tape mm. lobster claws to your own fists, <laughs> right? Um, so here is a. Uh, it's it's under the people ask uh, search. It says, "Can I bring a spoon or fork on a plane?" Household forks and spoons, plastic and metal, are permitted in both carry-ons and checked luggage, but. I would imagine a yeah, like a, even a butter knife. They're gonna they're gonna ask you. What about a knife. Cuisinart? But a, but a fork, yeah, you could technically. I mean, you could bend the tines down until one sticks out, and then you've got a puncture uh, weapon. Well, and they said that the spoon was broken, so who knows yeah. what he did to sharpen sure. it or whatever. Uh, Torres was then tackled by the other passengers on the flight and was immediately taken into custody after the flight landed. <laughs> United Airlines says it was uh, it has banned Torres from flying on future flights following this incident. Uh, United says that the flight was able to land safely without any reported injuries. We have zero tolerance for any type of violence on our flights, and this customer will be banned from flying on United pending an investigation. We are cooperating with law enforcement in their investigation, the statement says. In sports this morning. <laughs>
I just want to make sure I have the right sport. Okay. Report. Did you? Okay, did the, the Sixers, Sixers beat win? the Pacers. Right. Okay, they did, yeah. right? Yeah. All right? Okay, good. 147 to 143 last night. I'm so nervous. Well, remember that can't be. Well, because remember the one time I like it was the day before uh, sports had popped up, so I was like, I just want to make sure I don't have Friday when I wasn't there. And oh then, yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, we got today's support. The uh, Eagles are going to the Super Bowl, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the Sixers beat the Pacers one forty-seven to one forty-three last night in Indiana. Joel Embiid scored forty-two <laughs> points. <laughs> James Harden added twenty assists, fourteen points, and nine rebounds, and the Sixers used a fourth-quarter run to close out the win. Embiid went. 11 of 16 from the field, made all 19 free throw attempts and posted his 11th 40-point game this season. The Sixers had six players in double figures and three with 20 or more points as Tyrese Maxey scored 24 and Jalen McDaniels had 20. The road trip wraps up tonight with game in Minnesota against the Timberwolves. Tip-off is at 7.30. The Flyers are on the road tonight with a game in Tampa Bay against the Lightning. The puck will drop at 7 o'clock and it's spring training. The Phillies lost to the Orioles 10-7 yesterday afternoon in Sarasota. The Phils are back in Clearwater this afternoon with the game against the Rays. The first pitch is scheduled for 105. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks, Kath. Welcome back, by the way. Thank you. Romano. Thank you. By the way, I have not been paying attention to anything uh, <laughs> at all. We haven't watched TV. We haven't really uh, done much. So Yeah, we, we had mentioned that, and, and we'll obviously talk about this later on, but your son, Jace, had an appendectomy. Yes. And so that Crazy. kept you from going to Jack Frost, on, uh, or not Jack Frost, but the Cardboard Classic, yeah. understandably, at Montage Mountain. Uh, and then uh, leading to recovery now and uh, still a few more days to go before yeah. things are back to normal. So, uh, But I'm glad he's doing better and we were happy it was something fairly routine that they were able to Yeah, yeah, handle. I can uh, give you the whole story later if you're interested. All right, we will definitely check in about that. Uh, we have a few other things taking place today. So we have a guest. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say who the guest is. No. Because it comes in junction with a announcement. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to hold off on that, but that'll be in the 8 o'clock hour that we're going to get to that. And it's a pretty cool thing that we're happy to be a part of, and we'll reveal the information uh, like about 8.15, 8.20, something like that. So with that, along with our guest, and uh, we also have something by today, uh, What a Crock. Oh, oh hey. I miss those guys. Yeah. yeah. They're going to bring by some goodies and whatnot? Oh, yeah. or, okay. oh yes. Right. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, any giveaways? Um, probably. But okay. we, we were not given any paperwork because, all right, so our company, um, we have a whole... <sighs> Never mind. Okay. I was just to bore people with, like, stupid crap, but, like, there's a radio station that's owned by Beasley in, in Wilmington, and uh, this was kind of sold through them, so we don't have the proper paperwork that we would normally have. I gotcha. Uh, so I, this is a Delaware issue, is it? <laughs> JBR doesn't have their oh, trust mm, eyes. Delaware so people. Delaware issue. Delaware. Hmm. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but anyway. Of Delaware, really dropping the ball. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll find out if we have some giveaways, but they're, they're stopping by this morning. And, but I do know that we have, uh, Tattoos Day and we have a chance to win a $350 gift certificate for Floating World tattoo and piercing nice uh so that is up and running if you want to text the word tattoo to three nine three 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 you just might win later on this morning so we will give that away by the end of the program and if you want to swing by and see floating world tattoo and piercing they're at 1729 south street in philadelphia you do a quick search and you'll find their artwork online so preston has a new coffee mug steve i have no idea what the hell that you're you drinking that no i have no do you know what that is steve hold it up uh, yeah, that's from uh, the Beatles. <laughs> it's a blue meanie. That's oh, yeah. a blue meanie. Okay. Yeah, it's All from right. Yellow Submarine. Okay. Yeah, I got this. Uh, I like for, that a lot. For my birthday. 
So uh, my kids got me a few mugs. I've, uh, the yellow submarine motif has worked its way into my life quite a bit lately. Um, <laughs> you now with this mug. Uh, what happened on Friday? I loved the yellow submarine sled, and uh, believe it or not, um, you know Diedrich Bader, the actor. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So he's office he is, space. Yeah, office space. Yeah, he's going through a um, uh, app, uh, not an appendectomy, a colonoscopy right now. And when he was a child, he ate two of the beetles that were on a toy figurine oh of, a, of a yellow submarine. Okay. And he's wondering if they might come out in the wash. He never put them out. <laughs> he's been he's been chronicling it on Twitter lately. Uh, and so he's wondering, he has a colonoscopy either today or tomorrow, whether or not these two mystery beetles might come out in his poop from the oh yellow submarine. Does he mention which? Uh, you know what? He, he made it, maybe did, Steve. I'll look it up. Got to be Paul and John. They're the most adventurous. <laughs> They're down in there somewhere, hanging out in his colon. have been there for years. For years. Unpleasant. Yeah. Uh, no, well, that's that's interesting that this has been uh, fading in and out of your life. As George of, and Ringo. Oh, George George and Ringo. the other two. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, maybe the, the exciting conclusion of that today. <laughs> yeah, let me jump and find right. out. We'll see. All right, but anyhow, we're hoping you're going to hang out with us today. we got a lot of things to get to, so let's take a quick break. Come back in a second. The Stupid Question Entertainment Report is on the way next, and we'll have it for you momentarily. What's going on in the world of rock? You'll find it at WMMR.com, your one-stop outlet for all the rock news you need to know. WMMR.com, where FOMO goes to die. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic, solitaire, Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. You've been making better decisions for your busy family for years. And now, little by little, you're making decisions for yourself. Like snacking a little better, going a little further, sleeping a little deeper. Acme's here to make that journey easier and even more rewarding with their new Sincerely Health platform featuring nutrition plans, prescription reminders, and more. Sign up in the Acme mobile app to earn up to $25 in grocery rewards. Visit acmemarkets.com health for more details. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. So, the stupid question prize this morning, $50 Metro Diner dining card. And we will ask this question. What is the relationship between the two characters depicted in the painting American Gothic? Uh-huh. 215-263-WMMR. What is the relationship between the two characters depicted in the painting American Gothic? We saw this in Chicago, right? Yep. That was at the Chicago Artist? <clears throat> yes, indeed. Oh, that's yeah. where it's housed? Yeah. The original? Okay. Yeah, it's let's... in the Radio Hall of Fame, Preston. Well, let's see. They were if... a morning show couple. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if you know their relationship. All right, that morning show couple. We'll mention the, the birthdays. There's a whole bunch of them uh, today being the seventh day of March, and we'll begin with uh, Brian Cranston, who oh. turns uh, 67 today, Breaking Bad. Malcolm in the Middle. I always forget he came by here when Malcolm in the Middle was on. Yeah. I think, I guess that's what he was promoting. And he was terrific. And yeah. it was pre Breaking Bad, and he, he was <laughs> he was famous, but 
he hadn't hit that no. big, big uh, no. shot yet. Breaking Bad solidified that yeah. he is. I, I, he there's really he need do nothing more, and yeah. he'll always be solidified as part of television legend. Yeah. That day that he was here, he also went to a Phillies game, and I saw him at the ballpark. And I said, hey, I worked on the morning show. Where you, and he was like, oh, yeah, you guys are great. And then, you know, it was pleasant, and he moved on or whatever. Yeah. But I was like, I should have asked him for his number. <laughs> and I've always oh, yeah. regretted that ever since. You know what he displayed, by the way, on uh, on the show, uh, uh, Malcolm in the Middle? He is a damn good roller skater, yeah. Preston, just like you. On Malcolm in the Middle? Malcolm in yeah. the Middle. Oh, my He's God. doing the moves. He's doing all the stuff. That's yeah. awesome. It was a great... Right? You remember the episode, I do Chase, remember that And episode. it's clearly him doing it. Yep. Well, happy 67 to Brian Cranston. Uh, tennis great Ivan Lendl has his, uh, his birthday today. He is uh, 63. Uh, Daniel J. Travante, who yes. was on Hill Street Blues. Frank Intense. Tent, Captain Frank Ferrillo. Yeah, at the time, it was a very gritty show for its time. It was really good. Loved yeah. that series a lot. And uh, he was an actor. He had a long bout of alcoholism, came out of it, got his life right, and then got that show and off and running. And he turns, well, here we'll have a little bit of music. Yeah, we have to. Love it. One of my favorite themes. Great. Who wrote this? Is this Mike Post? Mike Post. Okay. He turns uh, 83 years old today. Daniel J. Travanti of Hill Street. Now, I got to let it go for a second. Hang on. Uh, all right, who else do we have here? Uh, oh, actor Peter Sarsgaard. Yes. Uh, I, there are 41 Sarsgaards, right? This is not Sarsgaard. This is Sarsgaard. Scar. Uh, so he is Steve. He's in Black Mass. He's oh. the guy who has to take the effing money. He's great. The effing money, even though Johnny says that Just part. saying. He's the guy he's talking to. Take the f***ing money. Take the f***ing money. Take the f***ing money. Money. This should be our next cash giveaway. Yeah, take the effing money. Take the f-ing money. I like that. Take the f-ing money. <laughs> take the f-ing money. Uh, he's a great actor, man. He usually plays a pretty uncomfortable character. You remember he played the villain in uh, The Green Lantern? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 he did. Uh, he was in Orphan. Uh, he was also in The Batman. Uh, I was reading in his IMDb yes. this morning. Um, he, Boys Don't Cry, Kinsey, bunch he, of in the Batman stuff. person. He's the one who's taped to the chair. He's got <gasps> the uh, the bomber on his neck church. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it comes in in the car. Right, that's right. Uh, he's fifty two today. Uh, the very beautiful Rachel Weiss has her birthday. Um, Marriage to Daniel Craig, right? For, yes, and first saw her in the Mummy. That's the first thing I remember her in. And uh, Constantine. Yep, and the Constant Gardener. Anything with constant. Yeah, con. Constantine. Con the Constantine Gardner. <laughs> yeah. Wait, absolutely. Uh, she's also in About a Boy, and uh, she is 53 today. Uh, Michael Eisner, former Disney CEO and chairman, uh, is 81. I don't know what he does now. I don't no. know if he's retired full on or if he still... He's a constant gardener. He's just gardening constantly. He'd be the guy that would come on the TV to uh, introduce the Disney movie of the yes. week. And it was a very genuine... Welcome into my living room kind of a intro every time he came on. He took over. Walt Disney used to do that. Yeah. yeah. And then he did it less when he died. Uh, he's right. 81. Uh, <laughs> Spare the kids. <laughs> then you have uh, Wanda Sykes, oh, who uh, lives in media. Yeah. And uh, we've never had a chance to talk to her. We she always mention that every year. is one of the writers and stars of The History of the World Part 2. Yeah. Which is a multiple episode, I guess, miniseries. Yes. And looks 
really good. I hope it is good. Ike Barinholtz is part of it as well, and Seth Rogen, and it looks really good. She's 59 today. Ah, the great Peter Wolf, lead singer of the Jay Giles Band. I always dug Jay Giles yeah, Band. So it's a fun group. And I see him, and I immediately think of Jackie Band Band. Yep. Yeah, there's, there are definite similarities yeah. there. In, at least in attire. The clothes yeah. and, and kind of the way he looks. And, and the way he moves. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and former husband of Faye Dunaway. That I did not know. Yeah. Uh, he turned 77 years old. He's in the uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So happy birthday to the great Peter Wolf. Uh, Laura Prepon of that '70s show. She is 43 years She's old. Now on that '90s show. Yep. Yeah. Is Which that I, on? Yeah, it's on okay. Netflix. I I watch a bit of it. It's pretty good. Okay. I never really. I I caught an episode here or there, uh, here and there of that '70s show, and I never really dove deep into it. The show was solid. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, again, it was never like uh, I wasn't like I can't. I uh, gotta see every episode, but I enjoyed it. Uh, we also have Jenna Fisher of oh. The Office. Uh, she is uh, 49. We had a great interview with her and Kate uh, at uh, Camp Out for Hunger a couple so of years cool. ago. Yeah, they were amazing. They were really, really cool. Uh, and I can see why everybody likes her so much. I didn't watch The Office. Eventually, maybe I'll get around to it. But... And, uh, and walk hard. Uh, that's right, yeah. yes. Uh, she is uh, 49 years old today. She's going to do that uh, Mean Girls musical. Yes, uh, she's playing, uh, is she the cool mom? Or, yes. Uh, uh, yeah, one of the moms. Yeah. Uh, Haley Lou Richardson. Uh, if you watched uh, The White Lotus, season two, she played Jennifer Coolidge's uh, right-hand gal, oh. uh, Portia. Yeah. Uh, but she was also in the movie Split. So if you remember in the movie Split, there are three girls that are yeah. captured, and she's one of them. Uh, she's super cute. Yeah, they, yeah, uh, and uh, and was really good in uh, White Lotus, uh, the second season. So those girls have gone on to do pretty good stuff. They, yeah. I guess I don't know what the remaining one of the, the there were three girls that were captured. Yeah, Andy Taylor Joy yeah, being yeah. the one who uh, has had tremendous success. Right. And this gal's star is continuing to rise. So Haley Lou Richardson is twenty eight years old today. And the last birthday I saw is uh, the very lovely and talented Donna Murphy. Uh, actress and singer uh, Casey Entangled. She's uh, Mother Gothel. She's oh. the voice of Mother Gothel. Okay, okay. Mother She's knows a best. Good singer. Uh, I don't is. know what she looks like as a human being. Yeah, you do. Because in Spider Man Two, she was married to Doc Ock. Uh, in yep. oh, she's very, she's very elegant looking. Very elegant. Yes. Very, very. Um, uh, what's what I'm looking for Rick besides elegant? But anyhow, she's gorgeous in uh, Star Trek. I think it was yes, uh, Resurrection or Insurrection. Yeah, I think she's constipation. In that one. Con- yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not moving. I can't make. Number one, would you come make. in here for a moment? I, I have been in having an issue defecating. Uh, so she. I've been drinking a lot of Earl Grey hot. She is uh, 64 years old today. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question this morning. What is the relationship between the two characters depicted in the painting American Gothic? 215263WMMR, and we will go to. Jennifer, see if she knows the answer. Hey, Jennifer, good morning. Hi, good morning. Good morning. All right, Jennifer, what's the relationship in American Gothic? Husband and wife. No. Mm, you would think no. so. Yeah. That is not it. Not right. Sorry. A lot of people think that. So we'll go next to, I have two Nancys. I'm going to the first Nancy in, who was Nancy P. Hi, Nancy. Good morning. Good morning. All right, Nancy, what is the relationship between the two characters in the American Gothic painting? Their father daughter. That is correct. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the painting, he's I've always perceived him as being decidedly older than she is. 
But at first glance, they both look so happy uh, and, and ecstatic. No, they just look so old-fashioned yeah, yeah. that, that I, I thought they were, you know, as well for years that they were uh, father, I mean, uh, a husband and wife. But no, it is father and daughter. And it's if you don't know it, it's the classic, the old man standing with the pitchfork right. and uh, the uh, the wife. Yeah, and they just look pissed off. My daughter is a slut. <laughs> Ooh. Daddy hates me. I have the pitchfork to keep potential suitors away from her. All right, so Nancy is going to get a $50 Metro Diner dining card, and they're now serving new stacked sandwiches you can bite into Metro Diner's latest crispy fried chicken or shrimp po'boys layered with fresh lettuce, tomato, and chipotle ranch. (laughs) Served on a hoagie roll, and you can visit MetroDiner.com. I've got to get over there. Yes, you do. All right, so Hoda Copy returned to the Today Show on Monday and explained why she was absent from the show for two weeks. She shared that her daughter, Hope, had been hospitalized due to an undisclosed health issue. Uh, she said, my youngest, Hope, was in the ICU and then in the hospital for a little over a week. Uh, she told Savannah Guthrie, and I'm so grateful that she's home. She is back home, and I was waiting for that day to come. This daughter's very young, right? Did, did she I not? both of her kids are still young. Yeah, just had, I, did she have a surrogate? Um, or did she, uh, I, I remember there was a big story, a big drama. I don't remember. And she was sort of relaying her, her journey, as they say. And it ended happily with her getting this child. So she said we were watching closely. She also commented on how much she appreciated the hospital staff during this difficult time. She said, you know what I realized too, Savannah? It's like when your child is ill, the amount of gratitude you can have for people who helped you out. And I'm grateful for doctors at uh, Wheel Cornell who were amazing and the nurses. And I'm grateful for my family and grateful friends like you who were there every single day. So I want to say thank you. Uh, for that, and I love you, she had said. And Savannah uh, was back from COVID, right? Uh, yes, exactly. So she had uh, she had to leave being testing positive recently. But, uh, yeah, Kath, and I'm sure you just went through this, uh, mm-hmm. you know, having medical staff uh, watching your son and oh, keeping yeah. an eye on things, and you, you know. I wanted to, like, hug the surgeon afterwards. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you just want to thank oh. them for what yeah. they did. It's amazing, yeah. It's a, a wonderful thing to be able to do that for people. Yep. I, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, a, I'm good up to like the tracheotomy, but then after that, I got to turn it over. You got to hand it over yeah. to the experts. I got you. On uh, Saturday, Pete Davidson was driving a Mercedes Benz at a high rate of speed, Ooh. and then crashed the car into a Beverly Hills home. Ah! Please confirm that Davidson was behind the wheel with the New York Post on Monday, and uh, Davidson's girlfriend Chase uh, Sue Wonders was in car with him. Uh, the accident took place around 11 p.m. As the star jumped a curb in the Flats neighborhood and took out a fire hydrant. No indication. Now, he's sober. He was fine. And there was no indication that he was under the influence. I think he was just going too fast. Uh, The car then skidded on a front lawn before hitting the corner of a house. Uh, Davidson and Wonders were both unharmed in the crash, and police investigation is underway. So we will see. It's a pretty badass looking Mercedes. Yeah. Uh, that is a that's a, a C sixty three, I believe, an AMG C sixty three. You can tell by the grill on the front. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a badass car. There's a gorilla on the front. There's a grill. Oh, grill. There may be a gorilla inside. For all I know, I can't really. Yeah, they, see and from they this don't use horsepower; they use gorilla power. Yeah. <laughs> How fast is this? <laughs> well, you can get up to 300 gorillas. Yeah, 450 gorillas. Yeah. Uh, that's too many gorillas. Uh, yeah. 650 gorillas. Uh, 
Hayden Panettiere appeared on Good Morning America on Monday to promote uh, Scream 6, marking her first TV interview since her brother Jansen unexpectedly passed away in February. It seemed a while that she was out promoting, you know, with his death so recent. Yeah, he was uh, 28 years old, and at the end of the interview, host uh, Michael Strand offered condolences on behalf of the GMA team. Uh, she thanked him. She said, he's right here with me as she was getting visibly emotional. Um, the family, including Hayden, her mom, uh, Leslie Vogel, and her dad, uh, previously released a statement revealing Jensen's cause of death, and it was um, it was an enlarged heart mm. uh, coupled with aortic valve complications, so it was just kind of this you know, this thing that took him, unfortunately. Very so, sad. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, I thought I heard rumblings of this, but former Boy Meets World star Ben Savage is running for Congress. Yes. In California's 30th congressional, congressional District. He announced it officially on Monday. Uh, he said, I am running for Congress because it is time to restore faith in government by offering reasonable, innovative, and compassionate solutions to our country's most pressing issues. Uh, he wrote this in an Instagram post. He said, it's time for new and passionate leaders who can help move our country forward. Leaders who want to see uh, the government operating at maximum capacity, unhindered by political division and special interests, he said. You don't see those cars anymore where they have the megaphones on the top. I always wanted we, one of those. Yeah, we should do that. There was a great episode of Modern Family where they got one and they're driving around and they forget that the, the thing is depressed oh, and they're passing by a guy. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he Look at him walking down the street. He always wears the most horrible clothing. <laughs> <And it's, it's, laughs> uh, according to Yahoo News, he described himself as a proud Californian union member and longtime resident of District 30 who comes from a family of unwavering service to our country. Tree and community. There have been a number of pop- well, you know, uh, Fred Ward, who played uh, Fred Grandy, who played yeah. uh, uh, Gopher, mm-hmm. became a. I think he worked for the House. Of, uh, he was representative, right? State representative, or did he make it all the way to the? Uh, I thought he made it he to Congress. I thought he made it to the United U.S. States. No, yeah. he's not president. And of the United Mr. States. Belvedere was the Attorney General. No, and then like um, Jesse John Ventura. John yeah. Runyon was a uh, was a, the president of the United States. He yeah. was. Uh, I mean Arnold. You know, Arnold, Arnold was governor of California. Yeah, it still boggles the mind. Uh, yeah, there's there's been a few of them. He couldn't yeah. even say California. <laughs> yeah. uh, Savage is running for Democratic Representative uh, Andra, uh, Adam Schiff's seat, while Schiff is now running to secede Senator Dianne Feinstein, who will retire at the end of her term. You know, my my wife is very uh, politically savvy. She, you know, this is like, you know, State of the Union, like, doesn't matter, you know, which, like, that's like her Super Bowl. Yeah. You know? And I was like, and she's really smart, and she's really... Um, Compassionate. I'm like, you should run for office. And she goes, Do you know who I'm married to? Like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay, it's fair. That point. Was her immediate yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I was like, Damn it, I ruined it. Point counterpoint. The first thing they do is set their sights on Casey. Uh-huh. Or maybe what you don't know yeah. is like, before she met you, she was a uh, gun smuggler, and <laughs> she's going to use you as the out. Uh, well, that's very possible, but not likely. Okay. Uh, speaking of Arnold, uh, he released a 12-minute video, and I believe we have uh, we yeah, a clip of this, um, addressing the rise of anti-Semitism. <laughs> On Monday, the Terminator actor began his speech by sharing his experience uh, visiting Auschwitz recently, where Nazis killed 1.1 million Jews during World War II. And he also mentioned that his father, who was a, he, he talked about his father, who was a member of the Nazi party. Yes. Um, and I don't know where we pick this up. I'll play it's this. Just a, just a brief thing in general about um, uh, keeping um, hate in your heart. All right. And I have some other excerpts here, so, but uh, this is some of that. There has never been a successful movement based on hate. I mean, think about that. The Nazis, losers. 
the Confederacy, losers, the apartheid movement, losers, and the list goes on and on. I don't want you to be a loser. I don't want you to be weak. So he was talking about the, my donkey. <laughs> uh, the Nazi party. He said they fell for a horrible loser ideology. Uh, they were lied to and misled in a path that ended in misery. They brought into the I- they they bought into the idea that uh, the only way to make their lives better was to make other lives worse. It breaks you. It's the path of the weak, and there has never been a successful movement based on hate. Uh, and then he directly addressed people who have adopted a hateful worldview, saying, "No matter how far you've gone, you still have a chance to choose a life of strength." Uh, you have to fight the war against yourself. The other path is easier. You don't have to change anything. Everything in your life that you aren't happy about can be somebody else's fault, but you'll end up broken, and I don't want you to go through all of that. He's actually really nice in tone. Yeah. Um, he had that whole issue with his father. He was not particularly close with his father, and in fact, um, when his father died, he was training for an Olympia and did not go to the funeral. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, they must have. Well, maybe that's what happens when your dad is a Nazi. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. Wow. Uh, this is uh, very, very interesting. Uh, I like that uh, that they did this. Tessa Thompson and Michael B. Jordan uh, took method acting to new heights in preparation for Creed Three. Thompson said, uh, Mike and I actually went to therapy together. She said, we did couples <clears throat> therapy, yes, in character, but it ended up being like, and she said, the line sometimes between character and us gets blurred because we bring so much of what we're exploring personally to the characters in general. So funnily, it was the first time she said, I'm probably saying too much. Uh, I'll say it was an early experience in couples therapy for us both personally, but it was as these characters, which was very weird. So they went into an actual therapist, but they remained in their characters with their backstory and their mindset. Yes, that's that's training. I, I yeah. thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Was that the therapist? Was it yeah, Stallone? Yeah, it was Stallone. Yeah. You're better than that. Thanks for coming today. <laughs> what are your issues? I, I don't know. That might be kind of a cool exercise. Kind of and they also had these. Uh, they also had sex often. Wow. Know, to get into character. Just like yeah. their characters yeah. would have. Uh, take his pants off. <laughs> oh, so you're... Stallone is directing this? <laughs> you gonna listen to me or what? Uh, no, I, up and down. I, you, know, you actually, no, it's not actually blowing. <laughs> oh, my God. That's just a phrase. Yeah, that's just yeah, a term that's used, right? <laughs> you don't do that. It's uh, rim, not ring. Oh, my God. Uh, I love her. Uh, I, I think she's, she's I think she's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, I love her dynamic in these movies. I yeah, agree. Yeah. Yeah. She's and a loving uh, companion. I have forgotten where her... You remember in the first movie, her hearing loss was a real issue. Yeah, she yeah, was yeah. going. She was slowly going deaf, and I don't remember where they left that in the second movie or where that goes in the next She had bionic gears put in, and she can also run 60 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Different direction. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, want, I know you're bionic and all, but I got a bout coming up. I wonder how often these method actors went, like will actually go the full, like have sex and you know do these things as a couple. Well, mm-hmm. uh, they, so if you take like real hard, the real hardcore, like Daniel Day Lewis mm-hmm. and, and Christian Bale, and then in days of your, um, you know, Brando and that, that the whole method system. Became all the rage for a while. We had living. Dustin Hoffman was known to be a method actor. Mm-hmm. I, I've never heard a story of them actually outside, like the the 
brown bunny or whatever they where they actually right. had sex. Yeah, I've never heard a story where that, but maybe who knows? I'll bet you in, in the history of film that yeah. it, in and out, off camera outside yeah. of it they may actually do somebody saying, "No, we should try this." Yeah, so we need to connect on camera. Yeah, yeah. Order. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the guy you know, for this yeah, next right? for totally. this next Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> yes, I, I really <laughs> feel like. We should probably have sex. All right, speaking of the Ninja Turtles, and I'm the Segway King. You are. Seth Rogen has found his heroes in a half shell. Uh, (laughs) Rogen, who is producing the CG animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles feature, unveiled his cast this weekend when he was flanked by the new Turtles at the Nickelodeon's Kids' Choice Awards. Uh, so as Don, so, these are the voice actors. Uh, Micah Abbey will be Donatello. Uh, Shaman Brown Jr. will be Michelangelo or Michelangelo. Uh, Nicholas Cantu will be a Leonardo, and Brady Noon will be Raphael. So you know the style of animation is like Spider-Man into the multiverse. Okay, you know so that I mean there's multiple types of animation in that, but it has kind of a cool look to it. Uh, it's called Mutant Mayhem, and Jackie Chan will voice Splinter. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Rogan will star as the villainous Bebop, and John Cena will play Bebop's pal Rocksteady. Other stars include Hannibal Burris as Genghis Frog, uh, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Ice Cube as Superfly, uh, Natasha Dim- uh, Demetrio, I see, I'm not familiar with them, uh, will play Wingnut. Uh, Ao Edebriari will be April O'Neill, uh, Giancarlo Esposito as uh, Baxter Stockman, Post Malone as Ray Filet, wow, uh, Paul Rudd as Mondo Gecko, and Maya Rudolph as Cynthia Utrum. So some cool Great names. Star started. Yeah. Uh, I'm um I do like this animation style. I, I and I, I they really took a lot of time with this. I have to say, uh, Nick, maybe you were the only other one who saw that, that Michael Bay um, produced yeah. Ninja Turtle, the, the last one. I saw it. My oh, son, did you? It was, yeah. re- it was actually not bad. Not My bad. son was really into those movies. There were two that came out, and um, Megan Fox was in, I think, both of them. But yeah. um, because Ben was into them so much, I got into them as well. And No, you're right. They're not bad. And um, they were fun. Yeah. And Bebop and the, uh, the other guy sh- uh, showed up in the second one. I enjoyed them. This one, looking at this, uh, the, I almost see a little bit of a uh, stop motion it, vibe it, to it. Almost, it gets clay. juddery. Yeah, and I, and well, I, I know there's kind of like a strobe type of thing, right. but but it also they almost look at just from watching this, it almost has like a uh, like claymation uh, yeah, type yeah. of uh, texture to the. No, I agree. Yeah, but it looks really cool. Uh, the film picks up as the Turtle Brothers seek to win the hearts. Of New Yorkers by performing heroic acts that they hope will get them accepted as normal teenagers. And when they take on a mysterious crime syndicate with the help of their new friend, April O'Neil, they find themselves over their heads when a mutant army is unleashed. So you can look forward to that, but that is the cast that will be in that. Uh, Steve will love this. Uh, The New York Post reports that during a Reddit Ask Me Anything recently, Keanu Reeves learned that a fungi-killing bacteria had been named after him. (laughs) That's awesome. A user asked, researchers from Germany found a compound naturally produced by some type of bacteria that is so effective at killing fungi, they've named it after you. It's called uh, Keanumycinus. No, no, I'm I'm sorry, Keanumycins. And they said, what are your thoughts about that? And he replied, they should have called it John Wick, but that's pretty cool. <laughs> and surreal for me, but yeah. thanks, scientist people. <laughs> Good luck and thank you for helping us, he said. The new John, two things, the new John Wick movie is coming out, and I could not be more ecstatic in Preston. This discovery, what they've done, could have eliminated the possible global pandemic in The Last of Us. 
if this is a fungi killing. Yes, if it is fungi killing, yeah. for sure, yeah. And I tell you what, we have a screening of this coming up Ooh. on Tuesday, March 14th, next Tuesday, a week from today, 7 p.m. at the UA King of Prussia. I can give away tickets right now. <laughs> we'll take callers 10 and 11 at 215-263-WMMR, and you will get to go see the movie next Tuesday, 7 p.m. at UA King of Prussia. John Wick Chapter 4 is only in theaters uh, and IMAX on March 24th. So we get you 10 days in advance of the actual release of that. So, so we'll, we'll do that right now. I've been thrilled with every step in this installment, and it's rare that that happens. Mm. All right. Uh, legendary movie director Steven Spielberg has pushed a bizarre theory as he speculated about the origins of unidentified flying objects. Uh, during an interview... Oh, Christ, here we go. Uh, <laughs> in an interview with Stephen Colbert, uh, Spielberg revealed that he is, quote, insatiably curious about UFOs, and he peddled a bizarre theory that appeared to link extraterrestrial life to time-traveling Earth dwellers. He said, what if they're not... From an advanced civilization 300 million light years from here. He said, what if it's us, humans, coming back to document the second half of the 20th century and the 21st century? This is, this is not, this has been, <clears throat> you know, we talk about extraterrestrial and, and, and beings that exist within our own mm-hmm. world in other dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, listen... It's a it's a pretty cool concept. I mean, you know, there's nothing provable at this no. point, but it's fascinating. Uh, he said they know something that we don't quite know yet that has occurred, and they're trying to track the last 100 years of our history. Don't don't make color purple too. And uh, Colbert quipped back saying, "Well." The hopeful part of that, to me, is that we survive. And Spielberg admitted that he's never seen a UFO or an object that he could explain. They couldn't explain. He's always been fascinated by them. Uh, but yeah. he said, "I believe certain people who have seen things that they can't explain." So, but this is just his kind of you know out there theories. We've saying- come from the future to stop you from making 1941. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not saying that that's what he full on believes. Right, right. But he's like, "What if it were this?" You know, so. All right, uh, speaking of uh, aliens, Variety reports that the ninth film in the Alien franchise. Nine? Yeah. Nine Nine films. uh, Is set to begin production on... Nine times. March. Nine times. On March 9th. No way. Nine times. 2099. Nine times. In Budapest. Nine times. Uh, Cast members joining lead, uh, let's see, Callie Spaney. Uh, include uh, David Johnson, Archie Renault, Isabella Merced, uh, Spike Fern, and Eileen Wu. So a bunch of who the hell are these? Yeah. Um, is Ridley Scott directing? Um, it does not say that here. So in yep. the so like Prometheus and and the the more recent ones, very well produced, top level filmmaking, but some of the. The story kind of falls apart. Stupid. I agree. Like super stupid. They land on a planet that they've never been on. They just open up the doors and go out. It's like, and lo and behold, they get infected by an airborne thing that starts effing up everything. It's like, you don't don't take an air sample? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just complete lapses in logic. Uh, by the way, Isabella Merced, who's going to be in that, has been in our studio before. She was uh, she played uh, Dora in the um, yeah, live was, action movie. She was really cool. I think she was in the second Sicario movie. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. the solo dad. Yeah, or... I love my salad, dad. <laughs> and the director Steve is a guy named Fede Alvarez. I, I'm not familiar with him, but he directed uh, maybe movies that you know. Don't breathe. Yes. Evil, one of the Evil Dead movies. All right. Yeah. Uh, the girl in the spider's web. 
He's uh, yeah, he's he's talented director. One final thing, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, on Monday, Apple TV Plus released the official trailer for Ghosted, starring Chris Evans and Ana de Armas. Uh, and you can watch as Evans falls for Dalmas, uh, who ghosted him before he travels to London and finds out that she's a secret agent. Mm, it's a comedy. <laughs> Deadline reports the film is expected to reach uh, the streaming platform on April 21st. All right, and we are now ready to play some clips for you. All right, so the Christoph Waltz leaves uh, his character's co-workers worried as he takes on the new role of the consultant. And in this clip, fellow actor Nat Wolf talks about the show's writing. Here we go. The writing, it told you what it was, you know, and it right. didn't work for you. Whereas a lot of times, you know, you do something with a less good script, you're kind of working it to make it work, maneuvering yourself and the words and things. This was like, uh, you know, every time I got a script in the email, it was like a Christmas present. I'm, I'm sorry. Are they walking down a hall? <laughs> yeah. Did did they just turn yeah. on the reverb unit? Because part of it starts off normal, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The writing it told you what yeah. it was, you know, and it right. did a lot of work for you. <laughs> Whereas a lot of times, you know, you do something with a less good script, you're kind of working it to make it work. <laughs> Maneuvering yourself and the words and things. This was like, uh, you know, every time I got a script in the email, it was like a Christmas present. Shut up, dummy. Uh, the consultant is. <laughs> Follow me. We're going to go down into the cave here. Yeah. yeah. Is available now on Amazon Prime. Uh, Casey's been watching it. Says this is good. He recommended it, it to me. It's, um, it's wild. Now, what I'm telling you is. Give it three episodes because okay. um, things aren't really. You just know some effed up things are happening. You're like, what yeah. the hell's going on here? Who do what? Uh, and then uh, I think it's by episode three they kind of give you like, here's here's what's happening. What is right what now. is the general conceit? The general conceit what is no. They are the the, the main two characters um, protagonists work at a uh, um, cheese and crackers. The cheese and cracker store. No, no, no. Uh, you want some cheese? You want some crackers? An app developer. They, they work for an app developer, and the main, uh, the app developer, the, the millionaire who founded the company, is murdered. Oh. And then Christoph Waltz comes in because he was a consultant. I got you. And then okay. the rest takes place. So, so it's a, a murder mystery-ish? No, well, but yes. A but cheese no, and cracker It is. Um, <laughs> What? Suspense? Uh, it's suspense. Okay. It's and it's and it's wild. In fact, I had a dream about it last night. This is how much it go. entered into my <laughs> my psyche. But like, wow. I, it's it's nothing like I've ever really seen before. All right. Don't eat cheese and crackers right before you go to bed. <laughs> You'll get a dream because it'll it'll cause you to have dreams. Yeah. yeah. Well, well yeah. unless you like dreams. And okay. Have well, you might like dreams. Yeah. Yeah. But doesn't a, a cheese right before bed cause nightmares? I think I've heard that Wait, before. What? Really? Yeah. I, I yeah. read this recently. Right. Yeah. And there's a study going around. That it, it also it, binds you, so you can't. Make. But I mean, it directly causes <laughs> cheese before bed can cause nightmares. Well, uh, getting back to the consultant, oh. the main female protagonist, you would know her from the first season of White Lotus. She played the girl's best friend who went on vacation with yeah. Steve's on family. And sure, yeah, oh, okay. Oh. Says right. it's a myth. All right, I'm sure it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those things that people believe. They said to give you nightmares, but the reason is what. Trying to make sense of this. Uh, oh, just going to bed tonight yeah. is said to give you nightmares, but the reason why isn't so spooky. Uh, there is nothing particular about cheese, but if you go to bed with a full stomach, you may spend more of the night in REM sleep. Which is 
when your most vivid dreams for cheese and occur. So <laughs> there's a giant wheel of cheese coming after you right. as you're headed, walking down like the Like Indiana Jones. What are we talking about here? Next clip. Dude, good <laughs> God. <laughs> That's what you get for trying to make me explain something. Yeah. It's your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> the family matters are at an all-time high in season six of Snowfall. And here, uh, Dameson Idris discusses his time working on the final season. Here we go. Can't wait for this season to come out because I I think all of us gave it our all. Um, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, how do I feel? It's a bittersweet moment, you know, because I'm looking at all of my cast and crew and... Like, man, I might not get to work with these people again. Yeah, yeah, big whoop. No one cares. Snowfall airs Mondays, 10 p.m., and you can find that on FX, by the way. Season six. All right, and there you go. That is what I have in uh, the entertainment report for you this morning. Uh, before we take a break, I do know that uh, our friends from uh, What a Crock are here this morning. I and, can smell it. Uh, they're going to cook up some uh, grub for us, and they, have, they brought a bunch of giveaways. In fact, uh, I have a whole bunch of $25 gift cards. So I tell you what, uh, we'll take callers uh, 15 and 16 at 215-263-WMMR, and we'll set you up. Some of the stuff they're making this morning is au jus buttermilk steak, mm. uh, buffalo chicken dip, oh. uh, honey garlic chicken, and French toast bread pudding. Oh. What? what the hell? All right. Uh, ready made meals me. For the slow cooker, just drop them in the crock pot in the morning and have a chef-crafted meal in the evening. So... Uh, Colors 15 and 16, I believe is what I said. 215-263-WMMR. We'll set you up with the goods. We're going to take a break. Come back in a moment in the 8 o'clock hour. We will have an announcement about this program that we think you'll find interesting. So hang out for a while, why don't you? It's MMR's Local Shots. Artists of the Month. Hailing from Fishtown, it's Velvet Rouge. On the air every Wednesday at 6.30 with your host, Brent Porsche. Search local shots right now at WMMR.com for even more exceptional local music. Brought to you by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. And the station that's always supported Philly's music scene. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. And that's your traffic on 93.3 WMMR. Thank you, Kath. Had a bunch of people asking about you at Cardboard Classic. Where's Kathy? What's up? I know. I can't believe I missed it. It was kind of dramatic. They were like, is there trouble in paradise? Yes. I know. I know. And it was like so, you know, it was one of those things. You know, this has never happened to me before where it was like, it was an emergency. It was a true yeah. emergency. And yeah. uh, Thursday, we were here. We were working. And um, I had told Nick, Jason didn't go to school. He didn't feel good. I was going to drive Nick up to Cardboard Classic uh, because Andrea was meeting him there later so uh we were gonna drive together and uh from the time i left here to like right at the time we were gonna leave i texted nick i said you need to make other plans i don't think i'm coming right uh jay started to not feel good he's not a kid that that will try to get out of school or anything like that so he woke up um on thursday morning and said i can't go to school and so uh i dennis texted me he said jace isn't going to school 
uh, okay. And then um, by the time I left work, they were at the emergency room. He was screaming in pain. Wow. Oh, man. Yeah. That's I, horrible. I had to go there, and it turns out it was appendicitis. Mm-hmm. And flash forward to, which actually I was a little surprised. They they didn't do the surgery on Thursday. It took, it took a lot to diagnose it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was so much that was happening. His didn't rupture, and it didn't perforate. So right. um, I think if it does that, it's easier to detect in the tests that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't get all of the test results back until Thursday evening. So he went. For, he was the first surgery on Friday morning. Wow. Yeah, we didn't have many details uh, from you on Thursday, and I'm you know this this is your business, and it was a private matter. But uh, I was when we got the text from you, and you know you're talking about maybe going into surgery. I was hoping. <laughs> So was that I. It was that yeah. 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 We all said yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Like Bill Burns, everybody, where I was going, let it be an appendix, uh, an appendix uh, situation because that's a routine thing, and that kind of seems like what you were describing, or at least in the in the limited information we had. Yeah, I wanted you guys to know that I wasn't going to be there, but I hate saying something yeah, yeah. before sure. you know what it is. So I was yeah. like, I, I was just like, look, it looks like it's a surgery. I'll get back to you. And then as soon as we knew, I, I texted you guys to let you know what it was. Uh, so I think the only other. The only person in this room who's had an appendectomy is Nick. Yeah. Um, and so, how old were you? Fourteen. Okay. So, so in the same ball. I'm ball. curious how it how, how it starts to manifest. Is it is it like a meat sharp pain? It was gradual. It was gradual pain at first. Okay. Grew into a sharp pain, and I and te- and Kathy and I were texting quite a bit on uh, Thursday and Friday because I felt terrible for Jace. Um, and and relieved, Steve. I, I share yeah. your sentiment. Like it is. A relatively routine surgery. If you get to it before it's perforated or mm-hmm. ruptured, it's very treatable. And once you remove it, this is my my memory of it, Preston. The pain was terrible beforehand. And I, 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 how I, gradual, I, Nick? I'm sorry to jump in. It took a few here. days to build up. Uh, and I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again real quick. I was in France. I was 14 years old. I passed out on the Eiffel Tower. Uh, that's how intense the pain was. And um, and then so I, I woke up. Uh, I went to the doctor's office. Uh, a day or two later, but here, what I remember specifically is being in a straight-backed chair and having to sit like this very rigidly because if I twisted it all or moved it all, the pain was a million times worse. And so, Kathy, what I remember about um, going into the surgery was once the surgery was completed, that pain was gone. Then you had to recover from the pain of yeah, the, surgery the surgery itself, which is what Jace is going through now. I will, and I was thinking of you, Nick, because you were like, "Hey, if Jace wants to talk to me, you know, I will." Um, but that, like, you, your mom wasn't there. You were in France by yourself, like, and she couldn't even rush there because by the time she got there, you would have had to, the surgery already. She needed to bring him raisins right away. <laughs> right, yeah, yes, yeah. My man, my mom was. Uh, it was funny to learn about the story afterwards because uh, she made. She parted the seas in order to get to France, and and oh, she, she did go. Well, yeah, but not before the surgery. She made it okay. there after the surgery. But I, when I, when I was coming out of the surgery, and like the next day or whatever, my mom was there. And as a young man, and your mom shows up, it, it's just uh, the, it's all of a sudden the world is going to be okay again. So right. to have my mom fly over to France to make sure that I was okay. What did you do? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was it meant the world to me. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I awesome. couldn't imagine not being there. Like I'm I, sure. you know, especially when he woke up from the surgery because like you said that pain's gone, but then um he was in a lot of pain and actually is still in in some Aww. pain now, but I mean when he woke up like he didn't know what hit him. He was like why does it hurt this bad? I didn't realize it was going to hurt this bad. The amount of pain meds that they gave him, I was like horrified because you know every time they came in with something, I was like, "What is that? How much yeah. is it? Uh-huh. What time are you giving it to him?" You know, like I knew everything. So the list of what he got just after surgery, oh my gosh, it was insane. How old is he? Uh, Eleven. And what grade is that? Fifth. Okay, so it was around fifth grade. Uh, one of my close friends at the time. 
uh, his actually ruptured, his appendix yeah. ruptured. Yeah. Now, at the, I don't remember too much about it, but I just do remember there being, they, they let me know in so many words that it could have killed him. Uh, yeah. That 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 and the way it was explained to me was it, essentially it's like a poison. Poison just yes, in your body. So my yeah. mother's appendix did rupture. And, yeah, that's just like my friend. Yeah, yeah and so and that, and that that same sort of thing. And and um, I, I remember that that unfortunately got us aware of other things that was going on in her oh, system as yeah. well. Yeah, but oh. but um, yeah, and I remember that was wild. Yeah. So uh, at at that point, they've got to they got to open you up right away, right? Yeah. I mean, I, assume. I mean, they did with my mom. Yeah. 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 I think that that means it needs to come out immediately, and I think that that most times it has to come. It's an emergency surgery because then they're worried if it didn't, like Jace's didn't rupture, but. I think they're worried that it will. So it's, it's like, let's get it out before that happens. Mm-hmm. They thought, they kept saying to us, you caught this pretty quick. Like, it it wasn't, um, that's why they needed to do a number of tests uh, to make sure that that's what it was. And it was indeed that. But they kept saying, we think you got this early enough that uh, he wasn't, you know, in pain for too, too long. The funny thing about it is, that, like, it's a vestigial organ, right? Which yeah. means it no longer serves any purpose whatsoever. So it, there is a, a school of thought that, Remove it baby, immediately. Babies should have them taken yeah. out because it doesn't serve any purpose and it just kind of hangs there and it, it can make you ill at one point. Nick, do you remember when they were diagnosing you? Did they like push on it oh. on your stomach? Yeah. And oh. he, for me, Preston, part of the problem that sucked so much, much so much at the time was I, I'd had like a year of French, so my French was rudimentary oh at best. God, I didn't understand. I didn't even know what appendicitis was in English. Yeah. And yeah. His doc, here's this French doctor trying to explain to me what the hell's going on on my on my insides. But yeah, like they, <laughs> they tried moving me around. <laughs> <laughs> Tried moving me around a little bit, and then I remember, I remember going to the hospital, and uh, and then it was it was a relief to know that the surgery was going to solve the problem. That if you and I had that part of it explained to me, and like once I went to the hospital in Pontoise, north of Paris, I was like, all right, I can I can handle this. And Nick, do you remember um, when they when they examined you and they pressed on yeah. uh, that the pain came from the release of when they were yeah. like, like they put pressure, you're fine, and then they release. And if the pain is when they release, then uh-huh. they that's one of the signs they know. Really, McElwain, we have your son in the uh, hospital. His head has grown huge. <laughs> <laughs> That is normal. So, Nick, do we have an understanding as to what... Is there a particular age range where you're more likely to have an... That's a good question. 10 to 20 is what... Uh, we had read I, when I, we were looking it up. Is, I, is that's the average? So age. The, yeah. So, but the, obviously there are ones that occur. There's adults uh, yeah, 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 and there yeah. there are younger kids too. Yeah, and we um so we went to um Chop in King of Prussia, which um you know I was a little worried. I'm like, do we need to go downtown? Is it right. better downtown? Are there better doctors downtown? It was the same doctors. The doctors that we had also practiced downtown. Um, but we uh, what was I going to say? You asked about about um, the age range about, and you said it's oh, 10, so, 10 to 20. So the yeah. doctor uh, came out after the surgery and he was like, it went well. Jace is recovering. And uh, Dennis asked the doctor, he said, what typically you know, causes yeah. this. And without skipping a beat, he looked at both of us and he said, it's usually bad parenting. Oh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, and I just want to say, uh, so Dr. Alukian <laughs> is who did Jesus' surgery <laughs> and Dr. Simpao was the anesthesiologist. Both of them, um, all of the nurses, I mean, I mean, CHOP has its reputation for a reason. They were yeah. absolutely amazing. I mean, everyone was great. There was one nurse I wanted to choke out for like 30 <laughs> seconds after meeting her. But other than her, everyone was. Oh, um, there's always that one. one. Yeah. Me? Yep, there's always that one. Yeah, yep. There's always that one. Yeah. Did Dr. Mike get wind of this? Did he call you? Well, it was so weird because um, 
you know, I've been having shoulder is- issues and going to Trinity Rehab for my shoulder and all that. So him and I had been talking um, that morning about my shoulder. And so he called me with, he wanted to, you know, give me an update or, or whatever. And I was like, I can't talk. Jason has uh, appendicitis. I was like, is there anything I need to say to the doctor? And he was like, just make sure you tell him if he has any allergies, if, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and he went yeah. through like the checklist with me. And I was like, all right, I'll call you next week about my shoulder. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, let me get some calls. Uh, obviously, people uh, chiming in with their experience with uh, appendicitis. Uh, I'm going to go to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. Hi, good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. <laughs> no, okay. What's up, Kathy? I just wanted to tell you, I had my appendix removed in Ghana in 2006. Oh, uh, that's exactly I, where I would want yeah, to. Yeah, I know. Listen, you don't want to have your appendix removed in a third world country, I'm just saying. It was $180 American, but it's not worth it. <laughs> wow. So you just happened to be in Ghana. You didn't travel to Ghana to have it removed. Correct. <laughs> where, right. what, yeah. Like, did the surgery go okay? It it did, but it um, it was a little touch and go because um, I was obviously traveling. Um, I was I was young in my twenties, and you know appendicitis is pretty much sudden onset. And so uh, my I was visiting my sister in the Peace Corps, and the Peace Corps nurse um, we were in contact with her to get advice, and she said you need to get to the hospital. So the hospital was hours away, so we went to the clinic which was like an open-air clinic. Oh, my God. And there's, like, um, like dogs and goats, like, in the waiting area. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. And, um, you know, so... And we're those were the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, fortunately, we met um, a doctor at the clinic who was a Norwegian doctor, and she took pity upon us and said, um, you know, my driver will take you to the real hospital. Oh, so, wow. So, wow. Um, so we went to the real hospital, which by no means is like a hospital in America, just saying. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just a better breed of goats and dogs. Yeah. So so they they, uh, they performed the appendectomy, and how long were you laid up after that? They did. Um, I, I I think I only stayed one night in the hospital because uh, my, my sister and my friend kept noticing that there were air bubbles coming down my IV. You can't and, have that. Um, you can't have that, and so we kind of busted out of there and decided just to take care of me ourselves. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well you, well, you probably saved your own life by doing that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. Interesting. All right. That's incredible, you. man. Thank you. That sounds a little more intense in your situation, Nick. It seems that, yeah. the, it seems that the, the, the appendix is, is that thing that will, you know, that can happen at any time, and in that, in that obviously in her age range, she was in the, the actual age right. range. Uh, but you know you're on on a trip. You, there, there's no yes. lead in. You're you're leading Nick. You said a couple of days, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I days? just I felt ill the morning of. Yeah. Well, yeah. So they were saying that um, that it can go over. You think you have a stomach ache, and so people wait a few days. Um, Jace's was nothing. He was completely fine. Yeah. Ate the night, ate dinner the night before, Isn't and that then wild? woke up and was like, something's wrong. And by fever at all. Um, I, not, I mean, not the night before, I think probably when we got to the hospital, he had a low, yeah, he did. He had a low grade fever, but no, the night before was completely fine. Wow. Uh, hang on. Uh, Doug had one outside of the average age range. Hey, Doug, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, I had mine taken out last year. I'm 51 years old. Wow. And it came out, I had some pain going down the left side, which is a little unusual because the appendix is on the right. They thought it was diverticulitis. So it takes a while to diagnose it, and once they did the MRI, they realized what was wrong. And, yeah, it it hurts a little bit, and the pain goes away right away after the surgery, yeah. but then you recover, you spend six weeks on the recovery. Right. So, so it took you about six weeks to recover fully? 
completely before I could get released to go back to work. Yeah. Wow, man. Thank you, Doug. Uh, Kathy, the... Kathy was saying it's because they, they go through that abdominal wall. They go through those muscles. Yeah, he, so he yeah. has three small incisions. Um, Orthoscopic, the, right? Um, yeah, the, the the worst of them was through the belly button, and I think that that's, um, that's what's hurting that's him the most. But Laparoscopic? I, Laparoscopic. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so they, they, got, they got my prostate out the same way. Okay, yeah. but I was surprised at uh, the recovery period. Like, I, for some reason, I think because you think, oh, it's the appendix, you hear of that all right. of Time. Sure, I thought, like, sure. I don't know, in a couple of days, he'd be like right. up and ready to like go. Get your tonsils out, and they're like, no, keep in mind, it's still surgery. Yeah. You know, we still cut through some ab muscles. Like, it's going to take a little while. Like, he's not, he can't, you know, get up or get or sit down on his own. He needs yeah. assistance you, doing you that. Use your, you use your abdominals in a lot. Yeah. Your, your core muscles. Everything. I would imagine the same thing if they, if they went through your back for something too. Might That's why be. the abdominal snowman is so angry. Abdominals <laughs> in constant pain. Uh, calf. Uh, is going to push back his baseball season at all? Mm. Yeah, so he was actually, well, what's what it's going to probably ruin is he was starting uh, to play ice hockey. He was doing oh. a, a learn to play. Oh. I think that's, he can't do any contact sports for like four weeks. Um, so uh, baseball, baseball, maybe not. The doctor said batting, he, probably not, but like maybe fielding and throwing. Right. And stuff you like know that. what? Just don't push it. Yeah, let, that's what let, the doctor let, said. Let it, See let, how he feels. Yeah, yeah, just let it, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll know when it's time, but I mean, thank God you, you, from the time that he started talking about symptoms to the time you had him in there, it was nothing. So, you know, you, it, good good on you guys for getting him over so quick. So, Kath, when I was a kid, I was probably like eighth grade. My buddy Joe moved away. And so he would come and stay with me for, you know, week weekends. And he had his appendix taken out. And then, like, two days later, stayed with us for the weekend. And he had, like, a little pillow that he had to, like, hug. And he couldn't even laugh. Because yeah. at one point I made I did something funny and I made him laugh and he's like, dude, don't do that! It hurts so bad. Yeah, yeah. Jace keeps saying, stop making him laugh. And uh, one of the nurses at the hospital told us about the the hug trick. You take a pillow, mm-hmm. you hug it. If you have to cough, sneeze, laugh, or even try to get up, and wow. it's supposed to help them. Okay, this is why if you're tuning in, this is why Kathy wasn't at Cardboard Classic as uh, they had an emergency appendectomy. Uh, and I will go to uh, let me go to Mike. Uh, oop, wrong line here. Let me try that again. Uh, hi, Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, it. Good morning, it. What's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, so I had, I guess you would say, uh, the most extreme case that you could possibly have appendicitis back okay. in 1997, right after Christmas. I mean, it was uh, getting ready to go out to New Year's Eve in that range, but um, I never had any what you would call uh, symptoms of an appendicitis, more like the flu. Okay. So, you know, vomiting and everything like that. My mom was treating it as the flu. Everything, you know, had a fever. But then what happened was um, the night of New Year's Eve, fever finally went down, was able to keep some food down. Yeah, that night, fever spiked from 100 to 103.9 within a half hour. Oh, my goodness. And went to the doctor's next day, and blood work came in. Uh, Yeah, rushed into surgery 3.30 that day. Doctor went in to do surgery. There was nothing to take out. It ruptured apparently five days before it came out. What the doctor was like, oh my god! So you had and, all, the, all those <laughs> toxins were in your system. Yeah. Well, the doctor actually said my blood, my white blood cell count was so off the chart that he actually said that if I waited one more day, I would not be talking to you right now. Wow, man! Oh so, man! So I had massive infection throughout my body. Uh, was in the hospital for a full week. And then at home for a full week. And then, 
you know, it's it's funny when, you know, you're hearing these stories about having to hug a pillow and everything like that to cough. That's what you had to do. But I sneezed when I went back to school. I was in high school. Oh, when I sneezed oh. in high school, I about died. I had to go down to the nurse's office. I hurt so bad. Oh, oh so you walk to the nurse's office and say, why are you here? I sneezed. Yeah. Yeah, that's what? exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You should have gone to Ghana because they release you in one day. <laughs> so, Mike, yeah. they, they just must have, have bombed you with antibiotics after oh, that happened. you have no idea the amount of attention that I was getting. I had it done at Chester County Hospital, and I don't remember my surgeon's name. He was fantastic. The nursing was fantastic, and like Kathy said, I had one nurse that I wanted to kill. She was absolutely <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, you think here, what would you say if a nurse records your temperature overnight at 88 degrees and actually put it on your chart? Yeah, 88 <laughs> degrees? Yeah, it didn't register. So What's the normal the body degrees? temperature? It's 88, right? Wow. Wow, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, happy you got through it, Mike. Thanks for sharing, yeah. bud. Not a problem. All right. See ya. Have a good day. It's crazy, too. Like, it was the first time that, uh, you know, I've ever had to stay over in a hospital. And, you know, I know it's what they need to do. But, I mean, I don't. no one can really get any sleep there because they, they had to come in every hour, check right. yeah. his vitals. So he was up every single hour throughout the entire mm. night. That's what they do. I mean, and they, yeah. they had an IV in his hand so that they, you know, they didn't have to prick him each time they needed to give him something. So he was hooked up. But, like, still, they're coming in. They, they were taking his temperature. They were taking his blood pressure. Like, it woke him up every time. It's like Dr. Mike says. You know, you you want to you want to avoid the hospital yeah. as much as you can. Sure. Did you sleep in one of those chairs that turns into a bed? Um, no, so they didn't. Ha- they couldn't find any case. So oh, I was no. in like a regular chair that like half reclined a oh, little bit. Man. They did have like a couch uh, that w- you could put sheets on and kind of like make it a bed. So okay. uh, that's what Dennis I, used. Yeah, I slept when my wife had her uh, uh, C sections. I slept. But like it's weird. It's a, it's a chair, Steve. Is yeah, I, I'm ve- I'm very familiar. Yeah, yeah. and they're, they're 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 no matter. Listen, no matter how you try, you cannot get comfortable in those things. Mm-hmm. But you you know you're there, and you're there for the long haul. Yeah. When you're there for someone you love, yeah. you know that's what you do. I'm gonna go to Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Good morning. Hi. Can hey. you hear me? Yeah. Yep. Oh my gosh! I can't believe I'm on. <laughs> you are on. What's up, Nicole? So I had appendicitis lasting for about six to nine months, and I didn't know. I was 16, and I had the worst breath. And I would chew gum at school, and at that time we weren't allowed to have gum, but I would sneak it because my breath stunk. And I said to the dentist, I don't know what to do. I brush my teeth. I brush my tongue. I can't get the smell to stop. And he said, the only thing I can think is something is rotten in your stomach. Well, it turns out it was my appendix. And so when I had my appendix out, PS2, this was shaped, it was shaped like U-shape instead of the way it was supposed to be, and it was wrapped around my ovaries. And, Kathy, I don't know if they did this to Jace, but to check back in when I was doing it years ago, they had to stick your finger up your butt. And because of the way it was shaped, they couldn't find mine. And so they just kept checking and checking and checking. And I'm a 16-year-old saying, just take me home and let me die. Like, forget it. I don't, I don't want to do this. That's why my so. optometrist does that butt thing. Right, right. I, th- I always question that. Me too. Yeah. But yeah. Like he's, he's a, a doctor. doctor. <laughs> then I have to put my index finger up your ass. <laughs> and that's how we it determine whether you have glaucoma. No, it's so, uh, so wild. So that's... I, I did. Re- I did read that that is a, 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 one of the ways um, that they can check for it. They no did kidding. not do that. Finger to in the butt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fob. Yes. The fob. Yeah. Fib. Oh my god. Fib. Oh fib. Finger I'm sorry. Butt. Yeah. Finger on. But we're the not butt. doctors. We don't know. It's different. Well, I will say though, once my appendix came out, my breath was totally fine. Isn't that's that wild? Crazy. You you had 
this persistent bad breath, and it had to do with basically your appendix rotting in your body. Wow. Right. And when they took out my appendix, it turned out it had little um, white blood cells, like little scabs. Like Jimmy's. It would perforate, and then it would heal itself. Oh, my God. Six to nine months, I was getting sick. All the time, like I had strep, I had ear infection, I had. Well, your your, your system was depleted. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But once once it was over, it had to be a you know a, that. I assume you started to feel better almost immediately, correct? Oh, I I don't know. It was like half a lifetime ago, but <laughs> um, I just remember my breath not smelling. Actually, that's, that's well, that's crazy. a win. Fifteen year old, that was a big deal. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, especially when you're in high school. Thank you. Uh, well, we left with a picture of it because the doctor asked Jace before he went in, do you want a picture of your appendix? And Jace said, yes, I do. And yeah. so when he came out, he handed us, I mean, it was a clear shot. He showed us, uh, it kind of looked like a shrimp. Yes. And he showed us, you know, which was the good part and that the, the bad part was all red. And, you was know, there, that's what he removed. Was there not a time where they would let you, like when you had a like a, a tonsillectomy or something? Take them all? Yeah, yeah, in like a jar. They don't do that anymore because it's considered bio waste. It's medical waste. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> My friend's dad is a veterinarian, and uh, he would routinely um, uh, neuter cats and send my friend uh, the cat testicles in a vial. Oh, my God. They'd show up in college. And like, Dave, what'd you get this week? He's like, oh, it's another uh, cat, cat, cat ball and formaldehyde. Oh I don't think that was frowned. I think it's frowned upon nowadays. Back in the Sorry, 90s. dude, I ate all your malted milk balls. Oh, my God. No, no, those are cat nuts. Uh, I want to go to Josh. Hi, Josh. Good morning. Hi. Uh, good morning, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Josh? Hi. So I'm going in because uh, my appendix erupted when I was five years old. Uh, I spent 15 days in the hospital. I had to get 14 IV needles in my arms. Whoa. To the point that they had to get a surgeon to almost put one in my neck to be able to give me the IV. Oh, wow. Because it didn't collapse the vein? They, they basically collapsed all my veins, yeah. Wow. Good times, so, huh? To go along with Nick, my mom never left my side and fought with them <laughs> to find a vein in my arm. Yeah, it's great to have a mom by your side. I'm glad that Jay said Kathy, and I'm glad my mom flew to France. I, I totally understand what you're saying. She spent every day there, and that's where me and her basically fell in love with <laughs> Price is Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I have to assume every day. Thanks, that Josh. the food in the French hospitals were, <laughs> had to be wonderful. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Do you want like, the sir? Listen, once... once once my mom realized that I was okay, uh, she did enjoy her trip to France. Sure. I mean, you know, they, when I got out of the hospital and everybody was doing all right. Uh, she, she had a nice time. Yeah, she said, well, nothing. Ghana wouldn't be a blast. <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. French hey. hospitals, by the way, better than Ghanaian hospitals. <laughs> Ghanaian. Steve, uh, we were out in King of Prussia, so uh, we actually lucked out because there was that town center. Yes. Yeah, you were right able to go shopping. So from yeah. food, we were like, oh, good. We good eats. Yeah, we could get something to eat. Yeah. Oh, oh. I thought you wanted to go shopping. Sorry. Oh, no, I wasn't yeah. shopping. Although, how much for these slacks? No, let, so let me. Okay, so when I left here on, did you give an appendix discount? Nordstrom racks over there. No, when I left here <laughs> on uh, Thursday, Jace was in a lot of pain. They got to the hospital. Um, I had to stop home. Uh, I had somebody stopping at the house. I couldn't get get a hold of them, so I had to stop home. Right. And Dennis says, don't worry about it. There's no need for both of us to be sitting there. They had gotten to the hospital. He wasn't screaming in pain yeah. anymore. He's like, look, this could be like, you know, gas or maybe yeah. just go to the bathroom. Like, don't, you don't have to, we don't both have to sit here. 
So Dennis, Dennis goes to I fly. No, I no. Why are you so, wearing a jumpsuit? No, I listen, I feel terrible about this. I I worked out. Yeah. <laughs> went, well, why I went not? to the gym, worked out. And then I get a call. Call me ASAP. And I was like, Oh no, this isn't good. I oh, was like, no. this is two not good. Two more sets. Yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah. I've got two more sets to go. Oh my gosh. So then I like, you know, I jumped in the shower and like was frantic, put, put throwing things in a bag, his yeah. blanket, his like I, I didn't even know what I, I showed up with this bag full of like I don't even know what it was in. Was yeah. It? yeah, that yeah. might actually be another topic of conversation, which is you know, there was this thing going on that was like really important and I I went to the gym. So like um, back in the day when, uh, like, the, the dads weren't uh, permitted to be in the delivery room. Yeah. Like, my dad, go to the strip club. My dad went and played putt-putt golf by right. himself. Really? Like, well, I, I think it was when I was being born. Uh, yeah. And Why did they have a miniature golf course in the hospital? It was uh, it, not... Oh, I Wait, no, in no, no, no. It had course. to have been because I was born a riddle. It had to have been one of my, my, my brother or whatever because Putt-Putt's closer to Fitzgerald Mercy. <laughs> I think we just stumbled on a pretty good idea, though. But a a pump, mini, mini golf in a, in a hospital. In a hospital. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. you got time to kill. Yeah, you know? I love it. Uh, one last call, and then we got to wrap it up because I'm intrigued by this. I'm going to go to Joe. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Hey, what's uh, up, sorry, buddy? Sorry to buy the guys at work. Nah, we want to hear it. What's up, buddy? Hey, so uh, I've been working on this thing, and, I, and there's hope for everybody that lost their appendix. I invented a uh, artificial appendix. An artificial I'm to, appendix. I'm, I'm trying to sell it. <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> Kathy, you want to How's that going for you? It's not going too well. <laughs> <laughs> It'll replace the non-necessary I, I, appendix that you lost. I've been working on it for years, and uh, I'm... Joe, let me ask you, can you wear it externally? I haven't gotten anywhere. I'm sorry? Can you wear it externally? You know, like earrings. Yeah. No, it's got to be put inside. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. The old, it replaces the old one. Works right. just as well as the uh, the original. Well, okay. get a Kickstarter rolling, and uh, we'll see if the uh, contributions come in. Yeah, hit us up. All right, fellas. All right. I love that. Have they ever, I'm sure they have hypothesized at what the appendix might have done when it was a... Yeah, that it I that it did it, have a purpose at one point. Telekinesis? I, I, telekinesis? I thought it had to do with digestion or something and, and like that. And bacteria and the foods that uh, we used to eat that maybe we're not eating anymore. Right. It has to do with... Saber-toothed yeah. tiger meat. Yeah, there was something yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that we as as humans would uh, consume that it may have had a... At that a, time, uh, it would have been, what a rock. <laughs> Instead of what a crop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rock tastes good. All right. uh, but I do want to say that uh, Jace is a smart kid. And when we were there talking to um, Dr. Alukian and uh, especially the anesthesiologist, Dr. Simpau, um, he had like, he got all his his questions in. Like, oh, it, nice. he was, did it on his own. He got all the information and then approved the surgery and was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. So, you know, Dr. Mike says an informed patient is yeah. the best customer. Yeah, well, yeah, he did that for sure. So, um, yeah, he's recovering Uh at home now. Uh, It is going to take a little while, Uh but, uh, yeah, he's he's doing well. All right, very good. Well, we're glad he's, uh, we're glad, like we said earlier, it was something a little bit on the routine side and not something more serious. All right, let's take a break. Uh, I would like to give away right now $25 gift cards for What a Crock Meals. And we can take callers 13 and 14. At uh, 215-263-WMMR. Uh, you can order online and have the meals delivered to your doorstop, uh, doorstep, I should say, at uh, whatacrock.com. Or you can go to one of their two locations. They're in Booth's Corner, Farmer's Market, and the location in Brookhaven on Edgemont Avenue. Nice. Uh, they're bought by Buffalo Chicken Dip, French Toast Bread Pudding, and Honey Garlic Chicken, and all kinds of good stuff this morning. So, uh, callers 13 and 14, 215-263-WMMR. Bizarre Foul coming up next. 
What's going on in the world of rock? You'll find it at WMMR.com, your one-stop outlet for all the rock news you need to know. WMMR.com, where FOMO goes to die. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Everyone loves a smart investment, and there is no better place to put your money right now than in your home. And Window Nation has the perfect offer for anyone with a home at least 20 years old. Protect and increase the value of your home and energy efficiency by installing new windows from Window Nation. Window Nation is making it insanely easy to do so with 0% interest for five years. Plus, Window Nation will give you two windows free with every two you purchase. 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them Preston and Steve sent you. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's do this B-File thing. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by J-Dog Junk Removal and J-Dog Carpet Cleaning. Got junk? Want it gone? Got floors? Want them clean? Well, called J-Dog Junk Removal and J-Dog Carpet Cleaning. Veteran owned and operated. Started right here in southeastern Pennsylvania. Call 844-GET-J-DOG or visit jdog.com. A Daytona Beach man was attacked by an alligator that showed up at his front door on Saturday night. I've been looking for you. Listen to this. The alligator was 7 feet 10 inches long. Holy crap. According to the certified trapper, Curtis Lucas, who was called by Florida Fish and Wildlife officials to trap the reptile, Lucas euthanized the alligator. Uh, McAllister said that the homeowner was responding to a noise at the front door. <laughs> so I don't know if that was its tail hitting the door, knocking yeah. at the door, whatever it was, but the resident, he said, opened the front door. After, Candy Graham. After hearing a noise. Candy Graham. Uh, believing that it was someone looking for his son, the alligator lunged, and he was bitten in the upper thigh. Like like strategic. Yeah. Wow. Like he got up that high. Yeah. Bit him in the thigh. Wow. Um, the man suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Hello? Was transferred. Hello? Uber Eats. To a... Alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was transported to a hospital by medical personnel. That's devious alligator. I mean, they're getting smarter every day. It's like, a... the, it's like the bears opening the doors. Absolutely. Yeah. The alligator was wearing a UPS uniform. What? Oh, my God. Yeah. Where did he get that? I guess the UPS guy he ate. <laughs> Officers located the animal near the front entrance of the residence, and uh, the Florida Fish and Wildlife officer responded to the scene. Called the trapper. By that time, Lucas got. By the time uh, Lucas had gotten to the scene, the alligator had retreated under a trailer. Uh, Lucas said it was nearing mating season for gators, so residents cute. will see them out more often as they look for females. Seven feet, though. Yeah, yeah. A um, guy embezzled <clears throat> nearly nine million dollars by convincing investors that he was turning cow poop into green energy. Oh wow! And then not building any of the machines that he promised at all. 
On Monday, 60, still waiting on my poop generator. Sixty-six-year-old Raymond Brewer of uh, Porterville, California, pled guilty to charges that he had defrauded investors. Court records show that Brewer stole eight million seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars from investors between twenty fourteen and twenty nineteen with promises to build anaerobic digesters or machines that can convert cow dung into methane gas. This whole thing's an utter catastrophe. Because hey, 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 of cows. Hey. That could then be sold as energy on dairies in various counties in California and Idaho. But instead of actually building any of those, uh, brewers spent it on stuff like a new house and a new Dodge Ram pickup truck. Uh, How's that going to save energy? Brewer was a um, prolific scammer. He took potential investors on tours of dairies where he said he was going to build the digesters and sent faked documents where he'd signed agreements with those dairies. When investors asked how things were going or for updates on the construction of the digesters or how the they were running, brewers sent over fake construction schedules, invoices, project-related costs, fake power generation reports, and so on. This is the Digestatron 6000. It's a toaster. So, by the way, the U.S. <laughs> you put the poop in here. By the way, the U.S. Attorney's <laughs> Office has described Brewer's setup as a Ponzi scheme because yeah. he began repaying old investors with money he was scamming oh, wow. off of new ones. That's how they do it. Yep. Which yeah. investors began when investors began to get suspicious. The U.S. Attorney's Office said Brewer moved to Montana and assumed a new identity. A lot of cows out there. He was finally arrested in 2020, so he is going to jail for a while. A U.S. college student was arrested this weekend after he allegedly urinated on a fellow passenger on an American Airlines flight. Do you ever do that occasionally? Piss on another passenger? Not that I remember. Uh, Police in Delhi, India, met the flight uh, and and took 21-year-old Aaron Vora into custody. Vora, an Indian national who attends school in the United States, was heavily intoxicated and ignoring crew instructions. He was repeatedly arguing with the operating crew, was not willing to be seated, and continuously endangering the safety of the crew and aircraft after distur- disturbing safety and fellow passengers. <sighs> and the he, no, don't piss on passengers uh, light was on. And he finally urinated on passengers seated in seat 15G. Oh, the old uh, 15G. The victim, <laughs> an unnamed American, chose not to press charges, but Vora could be prosecuted based on the airline complaint. I think I'd press charges. A California couple filed a $5 million lawsuit against a Hawaii tour company saying that they were abandoned in the ocean during a snorkeling excursion while they were on their honeymoon. This is a nightmare for anyone who does boat dives. Elizabeth Webster and Alexander Burkle were honeymooning in Hawaii in September 2021 when they booked a snorkeling tour with Sail Maui. The pair experience, who were experienced snorkelers purchased uh, tickets for the uh, snorkeling, snorkeling tour of Lanai, which is a nearby island. Uh, the complaint said that after the vessel arrived at the site, the captain told the group they'd have an hour before uh, moving to another location. Webster and Burkle alleged lawsuit uh, in the lawsuit that they were given no advice about a specific return time, how to get back to the boat. By the way, wouldn't they do or a what explicitly count? to do during the case of an emergency? I'm sorry. A head count? Okay, that's part of this. At yeah. first, the couple was snorkeling in common clear waters. The water became more turbulent. The lawsuit said they tried to swim toward the boat, but it had already started leaving. Crew members performed three head counts, but they said that one of, that other passengers later said people were not made to sit still for the roll call. Uh-huh. And uh, one passenger said they did a head count, came up too short. They did another head count, came up too short. And then on the third head count, uh, the crew counted a total, including the missing two, uh, and reportedly, the total uh, the total number of guests uh, are short of the two, and then they left for the next location. Jeez. Uh, a 
passenger said, Jessica Herbert, said it was just really disorganized. Uh, the Coast Guard report included a statement from a passenger reported the crew to, uh, told the, them that two people were missing. Right. And they just went on anyway. Yeah, whatever. So uh, they realized the boat had left them. They continued to swim, make distress signals, and eventually ended up in deep, turbulent water. Plate says they eventually reached the shore of Lanai, where they were fatigued and dehydrated. Uh, Webster wrote help and SOS in the sand, but no boats came to their rescue. Eventually, local residents found them, allowed them to use their phones, and gave them water. They walked into the resort and made a phone call. Uh, the lawsuit says that when Webster called Sail Maui, they apparently hadn't noticed that anyone had gone missing from the tour. Did it mention how far they swam? No. Okay. But they they were drawing on the sand like they were on a deserted island, but they weren't. Yeah, Lanai is populated. Yeah. Yeah, okay. but I don't know what part of the island well, they were the, on. Well, the writing or... was facing in into the island, oh, so, the okay. so people the coming out could read it. That well, some of, those, some of those islands do have, like, you can get to a beach, but there are cliffs, and you can't uh, get around okay. that. So, But uh, obviously some locals found them, so I don't know what the story was. But they're Ooh. suing for $5 million. Uh, they just might get it. But they definitely have a right to do that, and they were, they were wrong. Certainly. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. All right, we have more of these What a Crock Meals gift cards to give away. And I will take callers 8 and 9 at 215-263-WMMR. I'll give you a $25 gift card. Oh, you're going to love that. And you will be good to go. If you want more information about What a Crock or you want to sign up for their meal plans, visit whatacrock.com. Yeah! And uh, it's whatacrock.com. And it is, of course, what's for dinner. So get on now and we'll call us, take callers 8 and 9. We'll set you up with those gift cards. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We will make an announcement along with the guests when we return. Stay with us. The Cardboard Classic 2023 now goes into the annals. I mean, the annals of history. A lot of heart went into all of these creations, and we appreciate everything. Here we go! Here we go! go! All right. It's smoking, too. Oh, my God. Humanity. They did well, but then they hit one of the little, um, what would you call those? I would call that a snowbank. Thank you, a snowbank. Great day in the morning. Just to be up here with all these fantastic people is awesome. And by the way, we don't have a museum, but we do have a digital gallery of these things. It's true. See photos, videos, and random behind-the-scenes stuff at PrestonAndSteve.com. Ladies and gentlemen. So, we have an announcement to make. We do. Yeah, this is uh, really cool. Uh, we're excited about this. I'm going to give you the title of this and then explain what it all means. But um, And there's a part two to this. Yes. We're not going to get to part two today. We're only going to give you part one, but part two we're very excited about. Uh, but the title of this announcement is, The Gang Goes to Clearwater. <laughs> And what I mean by that is, ladies and gentlemen, we, the Preston and Steve Show, are headed back to spring training in Clearwater, Florida. And we're going to be doing it on St. Patrick's Day. What? What? God, yes. Uh, It is, it's a week from this Friday, by the way. That we will be there broadcasting live early in the morning at the field, which, by the way, it is now called Bay Care Ballpark. It's been other names before when we broadcast live, but um, we're so excited about this. We've had such a good time on the occasions that we have been in Clearwater at the ballpark broadcasting live. 
Uh, and the last time really didn't even count because yeah. uh, <laughs> it was right when COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, they never made it to the ballpark. I stayed back here. Who all stayed we back all here? We all did. Yeah, the Marissa only people that go were Marissa and Marissa Kathy. Marissa and I went. Uh, we were on the plane, and it's and that was when they canceled the season. <laughs> or the, the yeah. Uh, yeah. Spring uh, training. Spring training. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, you guys were at the hotel down there with Rodney walking along the beach, and that's all that ever happened, really, right? I mean, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so there's going to be a part two to this. There's there's an added component, but we can't get to it today. No. A few more details that are taking place. We're hoping by Thursday or Friday. Yeah, um, definitely Thursday or Friday, and we're going to make that announcement either way. Yeah, by Thursday or Friday. Um, but we haven't been as a show to spring training since 2019. We went in 2018, 2019. Uh, this will be my fifth time overall. I love it. I'm such a huge fan of it. I'm really excited to get back. It's just it becomes Philadelphia South down there, and that's what I love to about do it, it on St. Patrick's Day. Oh my god. Marissa showed me a picture of uh, Casey and some other guy in his street clothes, and I'm like, who is that? She's like, that's Reese Hoskins. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, my God, he's like a kid in this yeah. picture. Uh-huh. And it was only a few years ago, yeah. but it seems like that long ago. When we went down, and I was sort of reddish, and oh, this, is, this is something that's going to work for us, or blah, blah, blah. First time down, I'm like, oh, my God. As you said, Nick, it's the, the city, like, there's so many people down there that are, are just, you know, our, our listeners of our show are just, you feel like you're at home just with better weather. Uh, so we will be live at Frenchie's Tiki Pavilion in left field beginning at 6 a.m. That's where we broadcast from last time. Uh, the Phils are playing the Blue Jays at 1 o'clock. 105 is uh, first pitch that afternoon. So we'll be hanging out. Uh, the gates open up to 1130. We had a big crowd come out. The last part of our broadcast. Oh, it's fantastic. And uh, we will we'll hang and watch the game and have a good time. And I'm very excited for this whole thing. And, of course, during that morning, we're hoping to get a lot of your National League championship, uh, champion Philadelphia Phillies on with us. And it's St. Patrick's Day, and too. St. Patrick's Day. People so, are going to be people might imbibe. in a mood. <laughs> All right, so we have a guest on the line who, uh, of course, knows a lot about what we are undertaking and he has been your Phillies radio announcer since 2007. He's been doing uh, play-by-play, and uh, we love having him on. And he's joining us via Zoom. Please give some uh, love to Mr. Scott Fransky. Hey, 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 Scott. What's up, everybody? Hey, man. Good morning. Nice, nice to have you on, and we're excited to be headed to spring training. Uh, when are you there? You're, I mean, you're not messing around. You go right for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to dive into the deep end. Yeah, I've been back and forth a couple of times already. I'm I'm home for for part of the week here, and I'll go back for the weekend. So, but I'll be down there uh, on the 17th. I'm not sure I'll make the 6 a.m. call, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was kind of funny, uh, Scott, because the first time we were down there, you know, we 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 go to the ballpark and we're like, ah, I've got my shorts on, I got my t-shirt. It was like 42 degrees. We yeah. froze. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and then obviously the sun comes up, and yeah. you, you're reminded of why it's beautiful down there. But uh, we were like, what in the f is going on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that can sneak up on you down there. <laughs> yeah, uh, what, what is um, what? What do you enjoy about uh, being at, at spring training, uh, Scott? What are what are some of the things that uh, that really you get excited for? Well, the the first off, the weather doesn't suck. Yeah, um, so that's nice, and you know, you always feel like you're just ready to get out of Philly for a few days. Um, I love just sort of being back at it, being back at the ballpark, just you know, hearing all the sounds, seeing all the sights. Um, you know, a lot of us, uh, we're really good friends during the season. 
Um, but we kind of scatter a little bit sometimes off season. So it's kind of like getting back together with all your friends again. And, um, you know, and it's, it's relaxed, you know, I mean, there's games, there's work to be done, but it's pretty relaxed. Yeah. The players so mindset, nice. they, they, they seem to be in a, in a different gear at that point. And it's a little more casual. That's from, from our limited, uh, uh experience there. Yeah. Most of them who've done it before, they know exactly what they want to do. You know, like they know exactly what they want to get done, what their work looks like. So they get it done and they, you know, sort of uh, cruise the rest of the day. You know, there's not the pressure during the game uh, to perform. Um, so, yeah, the, the guys who've done it before, they pretty much know how to handle it. Scott, I'm particularly excited about this year's uh, spring training because um, there hasn't really been the ability for fans to go for a while. There was the lockout last year. You know, there was COVID for a couple of years. We were all lined up, like we were saying earlier, to go in 2020. We were going to have Bryce Harper on the show for the first time, and then 2020 fell apart. And so for there's a lot of pent-up demand, and I've been watching a bunch of the games. Oh, and then on top of all of it, uh, the National League champs that we're going to come see, down, you know, in, in, uh-huh. in Florida. Um, there's so there's a lot of pent up demand, but I've been watching the games, man. It looks like the ballpark is either sold out or very close to being sold out. Almost every home game that you guys have had thus far. Yeah, and I think that goes a little bit across the league. I, we were in uh, uh, Dunedin the other day to play the Blue Jays on Sunday, and they had a record uh, crowd. Um, and I know they've made some modifications to their ballpark, and they're very close. You know, they bring a lot of a lot of Phillies fans go to those games too, uh, because it's real close to Clearwater. But um, but yeah, I think a lot of people have uh, missed out on the opportunity to go the last few years. Um, I know my family. You know, my kids are going to go down late uh, late in spring training, and it's something they've been looking forward to for a while. They haven't been able to do for a couple of years. The last time we were there was actually during COVID. Um, kind of like Kathy, whatever, we were down there and it just all shut down. So we're like, well, <laughs> you, you kids aren't going to school for it. We thought it might be a couple of weeks. Um, we like, oh, we got this apartment down here on the beach. We might as well stay here. So we, we sat down there for three weeks before we left town. Well, and it was like COVID wasn't happening there. I mean, we, we all know how Florida was, but yeah. like right when it started, the Clearwater was on the news. They were like, nobody's heard in Clearwater yet. Yeah. Right. Yes. Well, yeah, I remember one one day we were out on the beach and uh, I think they had come out with an order and the sheriff, Pinellas County Sheriff, is making his way up and down the beach with the worst job in the world trying to tell people to leave the beach <laughs> and nobody was listening. <laughs> That's so odd that people wouldn't want to leave the beautiful beach there. Um, well, let me ask you, the, the whole concept of, of spring training and obviously getting up to speed and everything and... and, and but but so when you have a team at, that's performing at this level, I assume there's different complexions to different years, and you know the the modus operandi of of a team that is has gelled this well. What 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 are they hoping from this spring training? What are they hoping to improve upon? What are they hoping to focus in on? Do you have any insight into that? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, always in spring training, number one is staying healthy, and this team doesn't have a lot of jobs to win. Um, so for the coaches and the front office, I think they're taking a long look at some of the younger players, um, players that might have come in on minor league contracts and are really destined for AAA, but they want to know what they have in case there's a need. You know, if somebody goes down in June and we got to call somebody up. Uh, so I think that's a lot of what they look at and right now, you know. A few of the big guns left to do the World Baseball Classic, so um, so they're out of the picture. But more than anything, um, it's staying healthy. And I think this year the one new dynamic is the new rules. So they're all learning how to operate under this pitched clock and things like that. Right. So, 
Um, so that's a that is definitely a new dynamic for this year. Uh, and looking back on last year, you know, I'm a Phillies fan, I'm a diehard, and, and it was a, an interesting team to watch last year because you knew that they were a little bit better, and but they were, you know, trailing the Braves and the Mets most of the season. You didn't quite know if they were going to make the playoffs, and, and they kind of dragged themselves in. And then the playoffs happened, and it, this city just erupted. It, it they, You know, taking those two games in St. Louis, and then everything that they did at home, they didn't lose a home game until the World Series. It really was this remarkable run where everything worked at the same time. It was, it was so much fun in part because it was so unexpected. Um, looking back on it now, Scott, what, what are your perspectives on that postseason? You know, I, I'm, I'm sure it was fun for you, but, you know, what are your thoughts when you look back on, on fall 2022? Yeah, it was weird because our last game in the regular season was against Atlanta at home, and it was, you know, fan appreciation day. There was a decent crowd, but it wasn't full. Um, and then we went on this long road trip. They had to make up a game because of a lockout, make up a series. So it was, you know, three cities and then go to St. Louis, then go to Atlanta. And then when we finally came back, we're facing Atlanta again, and the world had changed. Yeah. I mean, it went from this sleepy Sunday afternoon ballpark atmosphere to this raucous, over-the-top, everybody <laughs> at the top of their lungs and out of their minds screaming. Um, and we were, like, transported back a decade, you know, back to when uh, they went to the playoffs every year. And, um yeah, it was really, and I think a lot of people were, you know, it's kind of like we were just talking about spring training. There's pent-up demand, right? And it was the same way with the postseason. There was pent-up demand. People wanted to get back. And, um, uh, you know, the team gave them so much to sort of work with. I mean, you know, the home runs and the, you know, the, the cool moments and stuff like that. I mean, I, Why I, wouldn't you go crazy if you're a fan? I have a lot of memories from that postseason, um, and I, I was lucky enough to go to a, a few of the games. Uh, game three against the Braves, where Reese hit the home run and did the bike uh, bat spike, uh, and then uh, Harper followed up two batters later and hit one out. And then I got to take my dad to the World Series at the game where they had five home runs and they won seven right. nothing. You know, I saw the win at home, and it's just like it really was this magical month. And I, it's it sucks that they didn't win the World Series, but I'm not even that bend out of shape about it you know I, I had so much fun during october that it doesn't it doesn't hurt that much that they didn't win the whole thing yeah um it, it was it wasn't amazing i mean it was it was different than any of the others you know last time they they sort of got in unexpectedly was maybe oh seven i don't know how unexpected it was but they they got in on the last day and they were out like you know three games over with um and it could have been this way and it you know went the, things went their way in st louis and they rallied and they got those wins and then all of a sudden it was just like this team believed in themselves um and uh the one thing led to another and i i'm with you that reese the, that moment for me mm-hmm. uh that bat spike i was like <laughs> man there's something weird going on here <laughs> <laughs> you know like that was the moment where for me, you you just sort of, because you see that sometimes in sports where you're just like, uh, there's something happening here. Right. <laughs> you know, right. that this this team has something going on that, that not all of us are aware of. And then you had something like this happen. Hang on. Two balls, two strikes to Bryce Harper. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is going. Yes. <laughs> yes. It is Bedlam at the back. As Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. Are you kidding me? (laughs) His 10th career home run of the postseason. And he may never hit a bigger one. Uh, Wow. 
Rays in the bottom of the eighth inning. It's crazy. Crazy. That that's my my one regret that they didn't win the whole thing because that it still goes down as one of the yeah. greatest yes. home runs ever. But had it been punctuated with a, a World Series win, we'd yeah. be reliving oh. that every single year. It Man. would be a step in a legendary story. How fun was that to call, Scott? Uh, it was right up there at the top. I yeah. mean, um, we're just, uh, as announcers, you know, kind of like as fans, we're just along for the ride. Yeah. You know, and we get we get to see what we get to see and, and to have a, have a, you know, front row seat to, to a moment like that. Um, yeah, that's something that, that, uh, that doesn't come around very often. And, um, uh, just one of those things where again, like delirium, you know, in the yeah. stands, the, yeah. the, the, the same way with the Reese one, you're just like, Oh my God, what is happening here? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the big hope is for, for more of that. I, I wanted to ask yeah. you, you mentioned the pitch clock and, and, um, the, the big, you know, when people criticize the game in general, you know, the, the, the sort of laconic, you know, nature of it. Uh, what do you sure. think this will do? Will will we notice a seismic shift, or will we notice a notice a nuance? Yeah, you know, L.A. told me he goes, "Man, I'm going to have to keep my complaining concise." Yeah. <laughs> speaking said, of the, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you you definitely have to uh, you have to get moving at least. The way it was, the way I've I think I've done four games now in spring training, and they they've moved quick. I yeah. mean, um, it's different and. I, I'm hoping that as we get further into it, we don't spend a lot of time pointing our eyes at the clock. Yeah. Um, because I think that does take away from it somewhat. I just, I do want them, I do want there to be more action. I want there to be a little bit better pace. Um, you know, a little more to the pace that I was accustomed to when I, you know, grew up watching the game and fell in love with the game. So, um, and, you know, just a little more action, I think. Yeah. You know, was, would be great. I was wondering if there were any loopholes with the uh, with the pitch clock because the, um, the, the clock doesn't start until the pitcher actually has the ball in his hand. So, especially if there's a batter on base, if the pitcher wants the catcher to maybe kill a little bit of time, can you do, like, snap throws down to first base and stuff like that in order to just kind of give him a... A, a few more seconds of uh, rest in between there, pitches. There's only there's a few little loopholes. I mean, the pitcher can't throw over to first. Um, it, but he has a limit mm-hmm. to, to how many times he can throw over. Um, but you know, uh, we see a lot of weird things. Like they're testing the limits. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there was a game the first weekend where the batter got called out on a three-two pitch for the last out of the game with the yeah. bases loaded. And the reason he wasn't looking at the pitcher with eight seconds to go is because the catcher was standing up, right? So yeah. he figures, well, if the catcher's not ready, why do I need to be ready? Well, it turns out the catcher can be doing whatever he wants as long as he's in the box. Huh. Wow. <laughs> well, I would think he the could, same thing. He could literally be, you know, standing on his head or, you know, <laughs> uh, I mean, he could do whatever. He, but as long as he's there... The batter still has to be attentive to the pitcher with eight seconds to go, and the batter got called for it. The game was over. Wow! <laughs> it was a clock. It was a clock off. Um, Scott, not a, a ton of changes from last year's team to this year, except for one yeah. uh, very notable one. And uh, I don't know a lot about Trey Turner other than he's very good. I, you know, I, I pay a lot of attention to the teams in the NL East. I don't watch the the West Coast games that much. Um, so, what are your impressions of Trey Turner? Um, I, I know that is a huge signing, and I'm excited to be having him be in uh, Phil's pinstripes. But I, d- I don't know a ton about the guy. 
he's uh well he's you know world-class player obviously he does everything um he can hit he can hit for power uh he can run he can field he can throw i mean he's got all the tools uh he's gonna bat at the top of the order he's gonna get on base a lot he's gonna score a ton of runs ahead of you know if he's on base with schwarber harper hoskins real muto all these guys coming up uh, he's got i don't know he could score 130 runs i think um you know it's, it, it, the and he seems to be, uh, just from what little we've been around him so far, he's an instant fit in the clubhouse. Uh, you know, he's he played with Bryce. He played with Schwarber. He knows these guys really well. He seems to have the same sort of attitude about the game. Um, you know, he's a he's a winning player, I think. Uh, I just – I think it, it checks every box you could hope to check. And, I mean, if you're going to give 11 years to a guy – uh, you better check all the boxes, and he does that. Hmm. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Scott uh, Vransky is joining us, uh, Philly's radio announcer. We are headed to spring training. That's the announcement that we made. It's been a couple of years since we've done this, uh, and we're excited to be there, and we're going to be there on St. Patrick's Day for the game <laughs> on St. Patrick's Day. And I'm sure, Scott, you've been there for St. Patrick's Day before. A little bit of a different vibe when it hits on that particular day? It is. And you know what? Uh, a very different vibe this year is the Phillies team won't be allowed to wear their green UD tops. Really? Oh, yeah. Believe that. it or not. Yeah. So if you, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, something to do with Nike and how many uniforms they can make or will make or something. Hmm. Um, but I've been assured the Fanatic will have his green top on. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, and I have no I, no doubt there'll be plenty of them in the stands. Um, and there'll probably be some at the Tiki Bar when you guys crack the bike at 6 a.m. Any, uh, any suggestions for tourists such as ourselves as uh, where to get a bite to eat or what to do while we're in Clearwater? I mean, you got to just get down to the beach if you can. Stroll the beach. Uh, I know a lot of folks still still love to do breakfast at Lenny's, which is near the ballpark. The beach, if you're going down to Clearwater, it's a little further, and, and um, uh, but it's absolutely worth a trip uh, to get down there and stroll the beach. Spring break's going on too, so it's not just Phillies fans. Although you you're not gonna, right. you know you're not going to go anywhere without running into one. So right. be prepared to run into somebody you know. That's <laughs> no, yeah. for sure. There's I so mean, many if, people. If you're looking to hide out, it's a bad place to go. <laughs> no, well, Scott, you're so right. I, I've been in Clearwater before, and I run into somebody, and I'm like, I didn't know you were in Clearwater. And they're like, yeah, I didn't know sure. you were in Clearwater. You know, it really becomes Philadelphia South. And on the top, on top of that, the, the people that come to the games who are full-time residents in Florida – who lived in the Delaware Valley. Yeah. There's just tons of them yeah. Yes, there, and All they over. love to tell you about it. Yeah, yeah, they love to tell you where they lived and yeah. where they went to school and where they got their hogies, yeah. uh, <laughs> no doubt. Well, now they have Wawa in Florida, and they've had it for a while, <laughs> yeah. so they feel a little bit closer to home. Um, well, listen, we're stoked about it. Are you going to be there St. Patrick's Day when we're there? I will I will be there in town. Yeah, I'm scheduled to be down there that week. Excellent. Excellent. All right, well, we will, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll meet up with you at, at some point, but like you said, not at That would be great. Excellent. All right, <laughs> Scott, thanks for checking in. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Appreciate it, guys. You got it. Scott yeah. Bransky, guys. PhD, 1210. You hear him do the games, and uh, he's awesome. He's great. And uh, so while this is uh, a big announcement that we are headed to uh, a spring training once again, and, man, we've been taking the show on the road a lot lately. We have. Uh, as we're getting back into uh, normalcy. But um, there's another component to this. 
that we can't announce just yet. There's just some things that need to be sewn up and taken care of. But it's something that we've wanted. I can say it's something that we've wanted to do for a long, long, long time. It involves the Scientology Center. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and Kathy, oh, let's just say I am now one now. word: auditing, auditing, yeah. okay. auditors. We will be. I uh, will now have one center front tooth. Congrats <laughs> oh, for your horseshoe crab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but Thank no, you. we have we have a second part to this uh, this announcement to make uh, later on this week that we're very very excited for. So we will roll that information out when we are allowed to do so. I'm excited. Yep. Because uh, I'm flying home as soon as the show's over on Friday. <laughs> My daughter's in a play, and it opens next weekend. And mm-hmm. So I'll get to do the thing and then hop on a plane and let you guys have a great weekend in Florida. <laughs> excited about it's that. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back in uh, just a moment. Hang tight. You know what? Actually, let me give away some more uh, Water Croc gift cards. We have $25 gift cards to give away. And we'll take colors uh, 17 and 18 at uh, 215 263 uh, WMMR. And don't forget, you can check them out at whatacrock.com. It's whatacrock.com. And get on one of their meal plans. There's so much great food. And you just throw it in the crock pot, man. Dinner done. It's excellent. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Who's playing where? When? Answer your Philly concert inquiries at WMMR.com. All the shows that rock, all in one place. Just click on our always up-to-date concert calendar at WMMR.com. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. I am Dorothy Dodson. My husband started Dodson Pest Control over 75 years ago. We are American family-owned business, and that's how we treat our customers, like family. Visit DodsonBROS.com. And thank you for choosing Dodson. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Casey brought me up to speed on this story yesterday, which I found interesting. Uh, Funko Pop toys. Um, very, very popular. Super so you have a whole bunch in your office. I've got, yeah, I've got, uh, I got the Beatles and I have Rush. Uh, but apparently there has been a sharp plunge in their value. And the company is going to be sending, and this is from what I understand, they plan to eliminate between 30 to $36 million worth of the figurines. They're just going to trash them. What? So, yeah. The, the obvious reaction would be, could we send them to children's hospitals around the globe or something like that? Is there? Is there? Don't know. You know, it's uh, over, right? these are overstock. Could how about to have people eat them in on you know? Con- yeah. Somewhere with their desperate people. Desperate yeah. people. No, but you know, that's the thing. Yeah. That just seems like such a waste. But they're not really like you said. Send them, you know, to hospitals across. They're not toys. Like they're really just decoration. Yeah. It's you a- don't really. The kids don't really play with them. Um, I mean, if they got them for free, maybe they would. You know, they can trash them and do whatever yeah, like, they want to with them. But but they're not like a typical toy you would play with. It's no, not like they're a not Barbie like Beanie Babies. Or, <laughs> but it's not like a Barbie or yeah. a G.I. Joe or I something don't know. like it's, that. It's, it seems weird to me. It's a little little doll type thing. It you know, just I mean, people, there are people out there that would take them. So to me, trashing $30 million worth of product, I don't understand that unless they can get a return for that. Like there's well, some sort of uh, Let me ask loss. you, Casey, what would the... Um, so how many Funko dolls on average, because I know there's varying degrees of... Uh, collectability and so on and so forth for these how many funko dolls does that or 
or figures does that translate to $30 million? Yeah, good question. Yeah, you gotta find out how much they cost. Yeah. Uh, Maybe if each one is a million, then I, it's just 30. Well, I don't know if it means what their retail value is or what their production value is. You know, there's a, a difference, so I'm not really sure. Why but... don't we take them and open up our own Funko Pop store in the parking lot? All right. Yeah. I'm on board. Funko I never really have into the fun. I've never nah. really gotten into the Funko Pop things. I thought they were just one of those things. I was like, okay, that's kind of cute, but no, nah, I'm not on board. Now I have people have gifted me, you know, the from my favorite bands, uh, some figurines. So I do have those, but I've never really been into, I never really thought they were that big of a collector's item. In fact, I, I, phased out on them a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, they were super popular, and yeah. we were supposed to be made into Funko Pops. Remember, there was a yeah. brief period? Yeah, yeah never I happened. Mean, I'm looking at the price, because uh, I never I never bought one, I never um, I never got into them, but I guess they're like somewhere between 5 and $20, yeah. just depending on... Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, you know, what, I guess what it is, like this uh, Mandalorian is, is only $8, but like there's a uh, Godzilla... I'm right up your alley here, Steve. Godzilla right. versus King Kong. So it's a Godzilla one that's nine dollars, and then there was uh, like this football player, uh, Josh Allen's twenty bucks. I know they made ones of uh, Pearl Jam a few years ago, and people were telling me about those. I'm pressing them like you, like. If somebody gave them to me, I suppose I would put them out on display. I don't think I'd ever buy them on my own. Right. Um, when you have them, do, like, do people have? Figuring collections of all of them, like Hummels, yeah. you know, okay. Yeah, Usually yeah, what yeah. you do is you go into your room and you have them fight each other until someone comes in from behind you and says they didn't see you playing with your toys. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so in its most recent earnings report, the company said inventory totaled $246.4 million at the end of 2022, up 48% from 2021. So inventory was up. Uh, Steve uh, Nave, Funko's chief operating officer, explained last week, how company officials decided to throw out excess inventory. He said, uh, we went after the oldest inventory first uh, in a conference call last week with analysts and investors. He said, again, the inventory, uh, again, inventory that we felt like we could sell over time, but due to the operational constraints, it's just better to get uh, out of it. $30 million worth. CEO Brian Mariotti said in last week's conference call that Funko keeps its excess inventory in a rented warehouse in Arizona and holding so many Funko Pops is restricting our distribution centers throughout and incurring incremental container rental charges. All right, so on the downside, all this overhead to store these things or whatever. So yep. I guess it all comes down to, uh, so let's say on average $5 um, into $30 million. And that, so you you take your amount, I, uh, one warehouse I'm sure could handle... That inventory, right? No, so they no. want to get rid of that. Not really well, sure. Could they melt it down and make some, make make the biggest Funko Pop ever? Yeah, I don't know what the what the story is. I make think your I'm, home office oh. a, a, a actual Funko Pop. Steve, there... I'm going to get you the Funko Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> you know what I want? I want to go funk yourself. <laughs> There's um, a. I'm looking at a Lenin one press, not yeah. the uh, leader, but the no, the, not the, uh, yeah, yeah. Not the they have Soviet a whole leader. Communist. <laughs> yes, they have the, the communist, communist yeah. line. Yeah, it's great. There's all, all of that. Uh, Stalin, Trotsky. Yeah, uh, Gorbachev, and yeah, <laughs> every one of them. Khrushchev. Uh, yeah, do, you know, do, do do they actually have? That's a good question. Do they have historical? Well, they I mean, have Gator Ginsburg, Ginsburg, so maybe. Um, that's a good question. Like, Vader like Abraham Lincoln and so on. I'll maybe. check. I'll check. Um, but I'm looking like there's, I'm not into these at all. Yeah. But like, here's a really cool one. This is WandaVision. So it's the 50s Wanda. So she's black and white. Right. That's I cool. I love that. All right. Uh, I, I guess maybe what happened is there's such a glut of potential 
if there was perhaps a more refined inventory? Because once you flood, you have too much of something. I've seen it a million times. <laughs> uh, Funko will use a third party based in Arizona to destroy the collectibles. That's what they're going to do. So gonna We're going to destroy. Way, you know what? A great, uh, at least I liked it. A documentary was about the uh, supposed uh, Atari yes ET video games buried in the uh, in a landfill. Yeah, it was right. such a disaster. It was so well done. Uh, did you see this? Yes, I did. Doc? I, I yeah. really enjoyed it, and it, and it turns out. Um, that actually it was uh, it was a really hard thing to pull off to create that game, and and a lot of people in hindsight appreciated what was done. They did, uh, but it, they just couldn't sell them. It was a quick turnaround, yeah. and they actually there's a whole Goldberg's episode on it, and uh, that was the beginning of the end for Atari. And they found them. They went. And they d- did. And they, to, yeah. You know, spoiler alert! In the documentary, they find them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they and they were buried, and it, and they didn't. They didn't do that because they were embarrassed by the product. They just literally had to get rid of all this excess inventory. So let me ask you. Yeah. So if you if you bury it, it's like I wonder if it's the same sort of idea with a movie. So that you know the Batgirl movie was made. Mm. They didn't release it. I I bet Rockstar Robbie had this back and forth thing about uh, that. At some point, it's going to come out. I still believe in some version it will. But you is it better to take the tax write off of never releasing it? Is it better to take the tax write off? Of you know, distrust, right? Yeah, you I know. don't know. You're asking the wrong guy for sure. You're, you're an accountant. <laughs> yeah. They have uh, Lincoln. They have Washington. They have JFK. Uh, they have one that which is, one? Uh, the, he still has a full head. Okay, uh, Jackie O. They have, but um, you know, they are more expensive than the other ones. Mm. Um, you know what, Steve? Like, yeah, I, because you know, I was talking to like a restaurant owner, and and he, uh, you know, he'll close a restaurant. You know, he's like, if it's, you know, he'd rather just, like, take that loss. Take the loss. Than, you know, try and, like, you know, bleed it dry. Right. You got you to make that decision. So maybe that's the decision here. But that's kind of weird. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should get all the um, the uh, Eagles uh, victory jerseys <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, and all the Funko Pop and just have. There should be a superstore that sells all of this non-use stuff. Yeah. But then again, that would cripple the company. Mm. Uh, Funko is a Washington-based company that focuses on nostalgia toys. It opened in 1998, went public in 2017, employs about 1,500 people uh, across Asia, Europe, and North America. The company also sells backpacks, board games, uh, books, non-fungible tokens. And insulin. And wallets. (laughs) Uh, Funko began selling the figurines in 2010, and they generated a loyal customer following. Man, they took off when they first came out. In subsequent years. So they've been around since 1998, but they didn't start doing these figures until 2010. Yeah. Uh, the popularity grew even stronger on the secondary markets as rare collectibles resold for tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah. uh, but recent history hasn't been so kind to Funko. That's when they started the communist collection. Uh, the company debt grew to $245.8 million. Whoa. That's the debt at the end of last year, which is up 42% from the year prior. Meanwhile, sales in its core collectibles category dropped 66 between 2021 and 2022, according to company data. You know what's wild, man, is that a company will have a product, it will get very successful, and just take off like gangbusters. And, you know, you as as the head of this company, um, obviously your goal is to expand, expand, right. expand, keep getting bigger and bigger. But sometimes they do too much. And they do, and and or it kills it. It's just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh, the case in point, the guy who invented the Billy Bob teeth. Yeah, that was that, and that set him on Easy Street for the rest of his life. 
but that was the one and only has yet to replicate. I mean, you remember how huge that was. The 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 the, the bass, the singing bass. Oh my god! Yeah, yes, it was all the rage. I missed the singing bass. <laughs> and then there were there were like nine copies, ten copies of that. You know, <laughs> didn't it end up in an episode of The Crown this year? What did, did it? I believe so. Shut no, up. I'm serious. I, I think really? that they ran out of things to give the Queen <laughs> or, or Princess Anne, one of the you know royals. What? You're right. And, oh and my god! So maybe it was uh, who's the uh, the pervert in the royal family? Uh, Philip. Uh, no. Uh, the one of their sons, uh, the the get in the guy, <laughs> Andrew. The, the, um, Andrew that went to Epstein Island. Oh, yeah, I think oh, it's Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Anyway, yeah. when, oh my God, back, of course, why do you say Philip? Back when he was still in the good graces of the Queen, um, that was a plot line in one of the episodes of The Crown this year. Wow, <laughs> I don't want to know what he used that fish for. Right, I, I, yeah, I give those people credit. I mean, because that takes time and energy and money to do. And like I, you know, I have dumb ideas all the time. Oh man! What Dude. about the uh, the phone case that was a uh, was an ear? Yeah, the, yeah that's right. Guy, that guy had, he had his garage right. filled with him. He sent us some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh I, my god! I had this idea to do like a Bluetooth speaker for your phone, right? That is a plastic thumb, so a thumb and pinky, right? So that you could literally talk on your phone, but you'd be talking I on think, your hand. And we found, I think they have that. No, no, the yeah. guy had the ears. The guy remember? had the ears. Yeah, I think that's where that conversation came. Oh, from. is that what it was? The, the oh. Your phone case. Yeah. I just had another new ID. You guys want to hear this one? Because I'll never do anything with it. Uh, so you know how you always want to, like, tell somebody to, like, F off who's, like, tailgating you behind you? Yes. yes. Well, I've seen these LED signs that you can do. Right. right. right? And that's, it's pretty elaborate because you got to, like, turn the switch on and blah, blah, blah. But what I was thinking was, all right, you know those, um, like, those Chinese fans? Uh, or just a, a fan that folds out. Yeah, yeah a fan absolutely. that folds out. Yeah. Uh, did like I? The Southern Bell might be fanning right, herself right. on okay. the. Okay. Hey, that Chinese porch. fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to uh, do like an accordion, something like that, that you put on your back windshield wiper. And so if somebody's tailgating you, you turn your windshield wiper on, and then <laughs> it, it reveals a sign. It says it. "F off." You know, or I back love off. It. Right? Would what it be a functional windshield wiper the rest of the time? Oh, yeah. So what if you, it's just raining and you want to use it? You could be telling everyone behind you to have fun? <laughs> yes. Okay. That's true. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But, anyway, but, just... but often, how often do you use your I, want, I have to wiper. get out in the rain no. and take it off. I don't use it enough where I'd be like, oh, my God, what, what happens if it's raining out? Uh, and side I, note, I enacted, I enacted my uh, Avengers button last week, Casey, on my Subaru. Oh, you did? To turn off the automatic <laughs> on off button. Yeah, so thank you for teaching me about You're that. You're welcome. You're welcome. By the way, that's uh, as much as I have always wanted... To have something that, you know, says suck my D or whatever yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> pop up on the back. Not a good idea. No? So mm-hmm. the person behind you might have a gun and are waiting for that very moment yeah. or to take you out. totally into it. <laughs> or, yes. Well, you can make <laughs> it. Hey, I got to blow it. No. <laughs> In case, make it bulletproof. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, to make the rear windshield sure. bulletproof. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then, one idea leads to another. I like this. That has like a tunnel that you can drive into to get into your house so they can't follow you. Yeah, well, you don't, don't have to be super. down su- the idea. Your sign doesn't have to be super abrasive. It can be yeah. like, hey, uh, chill it out. Funny, you know, right? It doesn't have to be as, so, so my idea, it can be eat my ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's all, it's all different shades. I'll yeah. say this. We did have something, and I, I purchased it. It was a little bit more elaborate, but it was a surrounded your back tag. So, you know, and uh, we were going to put it on Rovine, Matt <laughs> yes. Rovine's yeah. car. Well, uh, right. So when you would hit the brake, there would be a message that would scroll. Right. And that was cool. So, yeah. uh, but we never got, it, it was actually, whenever they say it's easily installed, it's not. It it's wasn't, not. Yeah. yeah. I think we tried, right? Oh, yeah, we, we tried, had it out of the box. We're like, <laughs> no, this, we're going to actually have to rewire his car to get this done. 
But uh, yeah, so the Funko Pops are um, thirty million dollars. I, I, I guess they're they're going to continue to sell them, but for they they need to get rid of uh, their overstock like big time. And they just have to they figure the best way is just to destroy yeah, it. all. It just seems like a waste. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, kids, young kid, you give that to like a a, a, a two year old or a three year old. Yeah, they're completely safe. Sure. I, I don't think know. so. Am I the only I don't one? Know. Has a kid they ever probably, swallowed a like, Funko Pop? They probably can't give them away. Like, they've probably already given some away. You know what I mean? Like, why would you, Casey was right, unless it's some sort of tax write off, like, why would you just throw it out? There's... Or because if you do, it can flood the market and right. make the other ones less valuable. Less valuable. Uh, totally. It's already not valuable. That's why they get rid of 30 million. I, I know, but, but, I know. but they still want to sell what they can. I know. So I, it's so stupid. Ah, that's yeah, why, that's yeah. why my business would fail miserably. <laughs> I don't know. I'll just give it away. Uh, um, what is this? Here. Are you the commissar? No. The com- with a what? Commerce, sir. No. Uh, I am the stream of consciousness. No. Oh! That's what I am. Uh, let me see here. I yeah, Okay, Steve, I got to mention this story. You had sent this over to me. Uh, there is a six-part podcast produced by what is called the Monument Lab and WHYY. It's called The Statue. And it is all about the Rocky statue and its relationship oh. to Philadelphia. Cool. Hosted by Paul Farber, uh, who is the um, uh, the director of the Monument Lab. And Farber co-founded that Monument Lab, which he described as a public art and history studio. So in 2012, in order to research monuments and consider their futures that's why he created this so a few years ago when he was uh, teaching a class out of uh, about philadelphia history at penn uh farber's mother a retired temple professor asked if he would be including the rocky statue uh-huh. and he said i decided to dig into it he said every day of the year no matter the weather no matter the time of day during the pandemic even there was a line at the Rocky statue, people waiting to take a photo. So here is a, a statue for a fictional character, um, you know, and it is one of the landmarks that people want to visit when they come to the city. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, it is a unique, you know, if you stop and think about it, at some point, every monument was brand new. Mm-hmm. And at some point, a lot of monuments, people say, why are you putting that up? So, um, you know, Rocky falls into that into that realm. Do you remember which movie uh, the statue first appeared in? Three, I think. Three, wasn't yeah, it? yeah. Because yeah. yeah. there's that scene later on after he loses the Throw fight. Throw the motorcycle Yeah, throws his it. helmet at it, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> he was mad. Wasn't making any sense, yeah. really, at that point. So. I'm not worth my own monument. You're better than that! Know that! Um, so. He decided to to check into this. He said about four. She listen to this, Funko Pop. About four million people visit the Rocky statue in a year. Four million people visit the Rocky statue per year. He said those are Statue of Liberty numbers. Now, granted, you don't have to take a ferry right. and go get in line and go up in the thing. They put it in the middle of the river. It probably would be a little less. Uh, he said, and I wanted to understand the monument landscape as we know it. And over the six courses of the episode, the, the statue, uh, it uses it uses a remix version of the, uh, the famous Rocky films. Uh, but uh, it approaches its subject from many different sides. He interviewed the sculptor, uh, a guy by the name of A. Thomas... 
uh, Schomburg. Schomburg. So was it? Who was commissioned in 1980 by Stallone to build yeah. the statue Schumburg. for the movie? Right. It this, was used this as a prop in Rocky Three. Legitimately, the the prop yeah. statue used in the movie made for the film. Made for that's, the film. That's the statue that we have. Isn't that wild? By the art museum. Yeah. So it was a legit statue. I mean, they could have used something that wasn't made of brass or whatever it is right. made of, but they he went for the real thing. Um, and in 1982's Rocky Three. Rocky Balboa retires from boxing, and the statue is unveiled at the art museum as part of an elaborate ceremony interrupted by Clubber Lang, who is played by Mr. T. Now, a bit of who? They, they did it there for the film at yes. the top of the, the steps. Then they moved it over to the Spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah, and it was that. there for a long time. And now it's back at the base of the steps. Did they move it before they uh, took the Spectrum? I think so. Yeah. Like, well before the Spectrum came down? I'm pretty sure. I'm okay. not 100% positive on that. But I, I actually think this is the best of the three locations. Yeah. I think at the top yeah. of the steps, it kind of got in the way. And, and even though, obviously, Agreed. he ran up the steps, you know, that's where he did the, the jumping up and down. But <laughs> no, I, think... and I didn't I didn't like the fact that there was a fictional sports hero outside of an actual sports building in South Philadelphia. Right. And I think putting it at the top of the steps, even though that's where he ran up to, it kind of, you know, you're entering into world-class art at yes. that yeah. point. And, yeah. and while... What are you saying? I'm saying... What say will you spit it out? I'm mm-hmm. saying that it's... S- spit it out, pretty feet. It, <laughs> <laughs> it gets in the way uh, of of true art. Now, you, I'm not you, saying you, this... But, okay. Do you think the time has come for a Pauly statue right next to him, oh too? Oh, my God. With his shirt half up all... <laughs> yeah, from the first movie? Right, with, with the... No, just Wouldn't stick, that be great? With a hat and, a, and, a, and, a, and a pint of whiskey in his hand. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, are there? There are no sports statues outside of the Wells Fargo Center. Are there? Like, is there? Yeah. No doctor, oh yeah, is there, there are. Is, yeah, Doctor J. Where uh, is that? Right at the on the ninety five side. Yep. Uh, the closest to the link. There's a Dr. J. It's it's a really cool sculpture. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. There's Ed Snyder on the other side. Nick, the Doctor J. statue is like he's kind of like almost like. Spawning or disintegrating or yeah. something like that. It's this really cool, like oh, the, okay, yeah, this really swirly kind of superheroish type of stuff is flying around him. Very trippy. Yeah, yeah. It's a little abstract. Yeah, uh, I actually watched Rocky the other day. It's on Netflix or something, and I, I turned it on uh, to like take a nap too. And but I, I watched the whole thing. And uh, was that the first time you ever watched it fully from beginning to end? Yeah, no way. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I have seen the whole movie, but I, I had never like. From beginning to end. Yeah, it's, one sitting. Yeah. Fantastic. But I'm telling you, like, dude, the scene where he guzzles those eggs. Yes. I mean, he's really drinking those eggs. Like, I'm going to gag just thinking about it. Like, yeah. how did he not barf that right up? Did it get you wet? <laughs> it did not. Well, like, sweaty, like, I'm about to vomit wet. Well, that was in the movie. That was one of the scenes in the movie where, and I saw it in the theater, like, four or five times. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the crowd was like, could not believe it. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, I yeah. believe yeah. it. I, the, 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 if we ever get a chance to talk to Stallone and he wants yeah. to talk about Rocky, I do have a question. One of my absolute favorite moments in the film, and Steve, we've talked about this many times, is right after the whole, you yeah. know, it stinks thing. He's, That's right, it stinks! He's yelling at Mickey, and, and Mickey wants to be his manager. And anyhow, you know, Mickey leaves, and he walks out, and, and there's no dialogue. It's quiet, and Rocky runs out yeah. and catches up with him, talks to him, shakes his hand, kind of gives him a hug. At that moment when they when they uh, hug, a, a train goes by, an elevated train, mm-hmm. I think right at that second. And I got I want to ask, did you guys plan it to time out like Didn't that? Didn't we ask John Alvidson, who was in the studio? Oh, I don't remember. Who directed Rocky about, and I, I think that was just 
for, good fortune? I don't that, that happened? I, I, I don't know. I've always yeah. wanted to ask that question. Because that, it couldn't be more perfect. Yeah. It happens exactly at the moment you want it to happen. Yep. Still thinking about those eggs. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> why didn't you forget the eggs for a moment? For a moment. <laughs> so, uh, if there's a why moose, don't you forget the moose for a moment? Why didn't you forget the eggs for a moment? <laughs> when I pledged the fraternity, Steve, they we had to do... Uh, our, our fraternity uh, pledge master was like, uh, you got to wake me up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You're going to come. You guys are going to drink eggs, and you're going to go for a run. Right. We had to do this. Rocky. A la Rocky. And I was dreading it so much. And we got to his room, and he's like, go home. He's like, I'm not doing this. And I was like, oh, God. Well, by God. the way, it's actually a, a bit of a health risk to, yeah. to I mean, raw egg. It's like salmonella, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it could be bad. Well, he was weight gaining. I don't so. care. I'm stupid. <laughs> uh, I just had some raw chicken cutlets and 90, 19 <laughs> eggs. Yeah. And then I have, and then it's like to, the guy will come around with the grater and I put some asbestos on it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to drink six eggs and then go for a five-mile run. I ate half a carton of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> like like carbo load and the, like Michael Scott yeah, in the right. office. Yeah. And then I, I pleasure myself 20 times in a row. And then they go out for a run. Uh, one of my favorite moments in the movie is when Rocky corners Adrian like he's uh, cornering somebody in the in the boxing ring. I want to kiss you. Yeah, that whole I scene. Want to sexually molest you. Oh my what? god! No. I, mean, I have a question before you go down that road. Well, because it is. Listen, it, it is. It is. It's, it's creepy. It's a, it's a so questionable my question, thing. Yes. My question is uh, for a woman in 2023 to watch that scene. <laughs> is it a little rapey? I remember of the women that I was with were were. Uh, they thought it was romantic because he was... Uh, in he 1976 was, romantic or 1976 yeah. because he's, he's, she's coming out of her, her shell. Yeah. I wouldn't take your top off. <laughs> just stand there, just turn around, and then I want to draw faces on your nipples. <laughs> Wait, what? I just want... You don't have to do anything. Just stand there, I'm going to take your top off, take your bra off, I'm going to draw faces on your nipples. <laughs> And then I want to put, uh, I want to put chocolate down the crack of your hat. Oh. <laughs> so if you put faces on Sly, on... I don't know if this is even for seventies. This is. If you put faces on the nipples, then yeah. would you give them names? Because they would yeah. then have faces then after that. It's cuff and link. Right. This is cummerbund and bow tie. <laughs> He's going with their fun and bow tie. He's going with the formal wear. Sure, yeah. sure, absolutely. I wish I remembered the scene to comment, but I, I know. I mean, I've seen the movie. I just don't remember. She, it. she, he gets her to. He again. It, it's it, it would be very questionable. It, it, I. <laughs> he's he's kind of put. He has his hand on the door and his hand on the wall, and she says, "Like you know, I want to kiss you." And she's looking up at him, and and but but, anytime she protested, he 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 did react. He was he was not. Overly insistent, right. but, yeah, but yeah. he's a big guy yeah, yeah. cornering a much smaller woman right. in the corner in order to make out with her, yeah. who has already been abused by her brother. Yeah, yeah. Right. Know, Nick, so. it's it's not as romantic as the uh, the love making scene at the end of uh, Revenge of the Nerds, right? If you recall, <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm he, gonna, I'm gonna... he impersonates someone else. <laughs> it's fine. I'm a nerd, and I'm wearing a Darth and, Vader mask. So and nerds do that better. It's not rape. Um, I, I really know how to use my mouth. <laughs> you see this uh, this lip here? Yeah. Trust me, you're going to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that droopy yeah, lip? Absolutely. You yeah, do something with that? Saying, well, that guy, guy, guy has a horrible speech impediment, but under <laughs> the sheets, it's going to be like Valhalla. I thought the scene in the, uh, the ice skating rink, I thought that that was romantic. It's adorable. Yeah. It's wonderful. Hey, have you ever considered not dressing like a sack of crap? <laughs> <laughs> you're wearing sweatpants. I didn't ask about me. 
Uh, it is a it, it's a wonderful scene, but it is that is is kind of weird. Things that don't quite age properly. Yeah. All right, but he marries her, and they have a wonderful life, and then uh, she and dies. Kids and everything. All right. So back to the statue. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is what we were talking about. Oh yeah. Uh, so kiss my statue. Uh, he's going on about the uh, uh, in, in this um, article. Uh, no, in this uh, podcast. Yes. Uh, about variety of uh, angles on the uh, statue. And one of the things he hears from a gentleman by the name of Hasib Payab, uh, an Afghan refugee who was profiled by the Inquirer last year who chose to settle in Philadelphia in part because he had seen and enjoyed the Rocky movies. Yes. Uh, the series covers the decades-old debate over whether it belongs at the art museum or near the sports stadiums. Uh, we learn about the racial implications of having a statue of the fictional Rocky, uh, where Philly native Joe Frazier, the real-world heavyweight champion from the same time period, was without a statue in Philadelphia until 2015, four years after his death. That's something they definitely should have done a long time yes. ago. Yes. Frazier was just And amazing. Frazier's in the original in Rocky. Yeah. 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 Uh, Joe Frazier. Yeah. Joe Frazier. Joe Frazier, I want to kiss you. Um, Come on, man! They delve into the uh, Rocky plays into the Great White Hope myth, the fantasy a lot of uh, white people had in the 1970s that one of their own would come out of nowhere and beat Muhammad Ali. So uh, he talks about that in his um, his actual classes that he's taught. Um, and he, he he was asked a question to working on the podcast, Teach Farber, the guy who uh, hosts this, something they didn't know before. He said, one is that this connection between Rocky and the city of Philadelphia continues to reverberate. It does. It's... It's so you know when when we had uh, uh, God Carl Weathers in here, and you know he yeah. he loves he talks about loving that connection and being an uh, an honorary son of Philadelphia that that it still goes on. Right. Do, do you have your kids? Have all your kids seen? No, the original Rocky. Rocky? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No. Huh. yeah. They 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 would see it and go, oh, this was. It, it would be like the equivalent of me trying to watch like uh, you know Casablanca or something like that. Right. I'm like, oh, this is just. It's not going to deal with for me. I'm not even going to give it five minutes. Uh, Steve, just you know, talking about how Rocky continues to reverberate in Philly uh, when the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. Kelsey referred uh, to Rocky, and and you know, in the loss, he was talking about uh, Rocky being an under underdog story. Stallone put that speech, Kelsey's speech, up on his Instagram page. Yeah. So Stallone gets that Rocky still means something to people like Jason Kelsey now. It's a classic underdog story. When it when that Rocky when Rocky came out at the time that it came out. Uh, it it reverberated with that with that um, you know a lot of people were feeling down and and uh, you know mm. they, they talk about the movie Sea Biscuit what Sea Biscuit meant to the people of the time yeah and Rocky was that at that time in, in pop culture all right so I, I mean I just saw the movie so it's fresh in my mind but uh, the the final fight it it looked like he won I mean he knocked he was, Apollo Creed down. Yeah, I know yeah, yeah. I know but like when you when you it was a decision. I know it was a yeah. decision, and then they gave that decision to Apollo. Right. But like by what I saw on the screen, I'm like, I don't see how Apollo won this. Like Rocky, imagine, like, wait a second, <laughs> I won, I won. Could you imagine? I uh, the uh, speaking of the fight, so in in the second in the second movie, uh, Apollo is mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he comes out and just <laughs> pounds Rocky's face into a. I mean, it's just like yeah. boom, 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 boom. Like oh, like the fight uh, would have ended right then and there. If I remember correctly, it's been yeah. a while since I've seen those. Oh, there's times when the 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 reps would have been they, they would have been oh, suspended yeah. for not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this guy's very borderline. Yeah. That's Rocky's head. Yeah. <laughs> 
By the way, Casey mentioned uh, Casablanca. I've never seen that movie. Uh, yeah. Is it a good movie? I love it. Okay. I it just is... watched it. My, my uh, fiance had never seen it before. Okay. And so I introduced her to it, and uh, she didn't really care for it. I, it's um... an improbable movie. It was it was sort of it was made on the lot. It was uh, a, a script that had been handed around. Yeah. Uh, and they sort of brushed it up, and it became a cinematic classic. I'm like, Casey, the, the very old movies I don't really go back and watch anymore. But over Christmas, uh, my mom and sister, they have a tradition where they watch uh, White Christmas together. Yes. And I watch that from beginning to end. And it takes a few minutes to get past the dated, uh, you know, nature of movies right. like that. Say. But once you're in it. Right. I loved it, and I'm so glad that I watched the whole thing. I love the classic black and white films. I love Casablanca and the Maltese Falcon, and and you know there's there's a uh, um, double indemnity with uh, Fred McMurray. And I uh, actually watched that in college. Yeah, I had to Barbara Sandwick. It, it's a classic noir film. Yep. Listen, it's not everybody's cup of tea, and and it's they, those movies are paced differently. Mm-hmm. But if you allow yourself to just kind of you know go for it and just go for it. Uh, you'll enjoy it. I loved Casablanca. I still love it. Uh, it hurt a little that uh, that Andrea did not. Um, and it's one of my parents' favorite yeah. movies of all time. Their, their uh, wedding song was uh, As Time Goes By. Uh, Steve, I want to ask you what your favorite Hitchcock movie is. Wow. Okay. Um, the one that is often referred to as being the full package is North by Northwest. Okay. So I will, I'll probably say North by, yeah, North by Northwest. Is that no, Cary Grant? Yes, Cary Grant and... Um, um, is that the... Um, uh, uh, Mark Landau, yes. Mount Rushmore one? Yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that one. Nice. Uh, by the way, Eric's been on hold for a little bit, uh, bit, going back to Rocky for a second. Hi, uh, Eric. Good morning. Hey, yo. 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 Eric! What's up, bud? <laughs> hey, um, that train scene that you want to know about, I don't remember who said it, where I heard it, or saw it. But that training is a total accident. Okay. They thought about refilming it, but they were like, you know what? With the tone and everything and the time and night and this train went by, they just felt it just fit the whole. It's perfect. Oh, it's great. It's great. of that scene. It, it was a complete accident. John okay. Alvinson, I, th- I think I think he told us that, Preston, when, when he was in here. And that, that, that first run that he does, Casey, after he and has it. You know what? Go ahead. That might. That might have been where I heard it on your show. <laughs> it's possible, yeah. Right. That might have been where I heard. I don't <laughs> remember how long ago that was. Dude, I, I got I don't even remember, and I think I think you might be right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard that, but I had heard that like many, 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 and and that other scene about the rapey thing. Yeah, yeah. I've watched Rocky like a couple times recently, and you guys are right. That scene. <laughs> yeah. is, I didn't realize it when it first came out when I was like five or six. Yeah. But, like at like. 50, I'm looking at that scene like, yo, he's going to rape her. No. Like, what, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Why today? It would not. It would not. Thanks, Eric. Yeah, appreciate but, it. Man. It is kind of funny. There's a scene in the beginning after that was the Eggs case. Yeah. Where he is running down Broad Street. There's the Daily News truck. Yeah. You know, it's so early. Uh, and it's just a beautiful shot mm-hmm. uh, of, uh, you know, of City Hall and that whole. It's just, it's, there are so many iconic, by the way, so much of that was done guerrilla style mm-hmm. with the new device, first time ever employed fully in a movie, the Steadicam. Oh, yeah. Which was this huge rig that, you know, helped give you those classic Rocky running shots. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 yep. Were you going to say something else? I thought you had your Should we, should we no. try to, we should build our own statue, get it made and put, <laughs> just set it there one time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, but sure. we we can take the Funko Pops, melt them down. Oh, that's what yeah. that's what we can do there with those. Go, yeah, absolutely. Statues, plastic. Uh, let's 
I want to do something else. Oh, we're stream of consciousness oh, nerd. Yeah, we're stream of consciousness sir. And um, we'll do one more thing, and then we'll move along, because i got uh, Bizarre Fathers and all this stuff. Uh, but I do have a number of good things. What is, what is, what is, <laughs> I want to kiss you. I will when, talk- when Rocky's horned up, you can't stop him. Well, let's talk about sex now. I want to kiss his meat. Uh, men who want to last longer in the bedroom may want to try yoga and pelvic floor exercises. <laughs> While the woman's watching? I don't know about that. Uh, Are up, you coming to bed or what? Up to a third of men do not last as long during sex as they or their partner would like, uh, which can lead to a low self-esteem and anxiety. Uh, what was that? Yeah, it's salt and pepper. Cinderella cut it up one time. All right. Now a scientific review suggests uh, self-help techniques which may help to tackle the problem. Going for a run... For at least a half hour a day, five times a week, could help men last two and a half minutes longer, according to a study that looked in at the review. Uh, yoga could add 30 seconds to their staying power. <laughs> 30 seconds? More, wow. Uh, more evidence suggests. <clears throat> and exercise is good for mental health, so uh, make men less anxious about sex so that uh, they can calmly go for longer as well. Did you like that, Adrian? I do yoga and pelvic thrust. <laughs> Uh, there is also evidence that psychological therapy... Rocky, if you want to last longer in bed, you got to do yoga. Psychological therapy and stopping during the act may be helpful, too. And also, they say, if you can drink six raw eggs. Yeah. So, the review led by uh, Anglia Ruskin University looked at only men who suffer from um, premature... Yeah. Buttonation. Premature... Uh, and because we can't say that word for, for whatever reason, uh, this, Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? Oh my God. This, this can be, def- <laughs> what is it now? This can be defined as not lasting as long as a man or their partner wants, or sometimes defined as lasting for less than three minutes or one minute. Mother. Can we just say that, that, that men like that are, um, more evolved than the rest of they us. They are. They have too many things. They have so many things. Their schedule's right. so full. They don't have time to have a full and fulfilling sexual experience. They are just doing what their body was meant to, yeah, to do at like, that moment. Like taking a whiz. Uh-huh. Like, here we go. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. Boom. And then, then and I'm going to go make you some breakfast. Yeah, there's your baby. And I'll be back. <laughs> there's your baby. <laughs> the review included. You now, if you excuse me, I'm leaving town. <laughs> a study involving men aged 18 to 45 given instructions <laughs> to take exercise. The 35 men in the study were told to run at least 30 minutes a day over five days a week. When They'll be too far away. And they went from lasting uh, 39 seconds on average during sex. <laughs> To how long? To more than three minutes. Oh, there you go. That's a, that's a solid return. That's plenty. You guys ever look at the clock when you're... Um... I actually, there, there's a... There have been times yeah. back in the day when I cared about such thing. Yeah. I, I think about when... Yeah. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going, God, we're going for it now. And yeah, then he's tired. I'm hungry. But but when... <laughs> we still have that sandwich. When, when it did happen so quickly on occasion, especially... First time with someone because oh, you're very God. excited. Uh, it is disappointing. Yeah. It's disappointing. You know what I mean? Oh. Especially if it's with a family member. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Thanks. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> uh, so, anyhow, uh, that was compared to inactive men told to walk no more than half hour a day for five days a week who lasted only 50 seconds well, at the is, end of the study. This, is, this goes to everything. Mm-hmm. Exercise. Yeah. Has so many benefits, and it doesn't need to be Olympic deadlifting, 
going for a walk or, or a brisk walk or just getting your heart rate up a bit, a little bit of resistance training will go a long way. You'll have a, a, a nine-hour boner, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the review also included a recent study of men with uh, premature... Yep. Uh, among uh, whom 26 Dad, men talk to you for a minute? undertook 12 weeks of yoga and the amount of time they lasted during sex afterwards. How long did they last with their yoga instructors? More than tripled from just huh. under 26 seconds to almost a minute and a half on average. And the review found some uh, weak evidence that uh, ginseng berry extract could improve men's sexual performance, but much more research is needed on that. Oh, was it Lamar Odom overdosed on horny goat weed? Was that that was all the rage for a while? You remember that? Yes, I do. Now there was another study, and I have to tread oh, no. lightly here. All right. And it showed encouraging results for a technique, a technique called the pause squeeze. The pause oh, yeah. squeeze. You're familiar with this? Yeah, is yeah. it pause spelled P-A-W-S? No, P-A-U-S-E. P. Okay, because I thought you were bringing an animal into bed. So you stop. <laughs> let yeah. me get let me get Fido. <laughs> you stop the session and oh. then. Oh, you actually. You're supposed to squeeze part of yourself. <laughs> ah. Uh, which part do you think you're? <laughs> I would assume your forearm. Elbow, probably. No, no. Oh, your peepee. <laughs> but which part of it? Your your uh, uh, boys? No, your helmet. <laughs> your yes, okay. That's okay. helmet. I was like, I just gingerly said that helmet. Helmet? Is that right? Yeah. So that's supposedly that's a technique. Dad, I, that's what I do when I have to pee really bad and I can't get to the uh, bathroom. I have to what yeah. slam it in a drawer? Uh, no, like I have to squeeze. Yeah, yeah. Like if wow. I'm in a car, like or an whatever, accordion. Yeah, dude. Marissa, yesterday we had a meeting, <laughs> and oh. I tried to, and then she and I had a, like a post meeting meeting, and I was like, I really got to go to the bathroom, and then I didn't go for like another five minutes, and she literally watched me dance. There's a there's a performance uh, a- area, yeah, and yeah. I was on the stage, and she's like, I'm just getting such a kick watching you dance on the stage right now. I had to go so bad. It really, um, yeah. They're, they're, I'm good at holding, but there there comes a time, and we've all been there. Mm-hmm. I don't care what man, woman, where you you feel you're going to rupture something. Oh yeah, yeah. There's and, been there's and, been and you, usually in a car, and you can right there. There is you can injure yourself. Yeah. Right by yeah. holding it too long. Yes. Yeah. Or, or does your body by sheer necessity at a force you make to it piss? happen? Yeah. It's got at it. some point, I would think. It's got to happen at a certain point. Um, yeah, I don't think he can hold it in Indefinite. forever and ever and ever. Uh, by the way, there is evidence that pelvic floor exercises may help men last longer, but it was difficult to separate the effect of this from electric stimulation, <laughs> which was used in the same studies and may help to desensitize men. To That's sex. why some of your best lovers are yeah. those people on death row. Yep. So when you said pelvic floor exercises, I took it as pelvic Floor exercises, and you were doing exercises on the floor, and I'm like, I don't even know what kind of exercises would help with well, that. You could do it like, yeah, like, Wait, yeah. But you're, you're talking about like, your pelvic floor. Yeah, your pelvic, yeah, your pelvic floor, floor okay. which yeah. I believe is like the taint area. Yeah. So, all right. Fumunda cheese. I uh, just thought I would share all well, of very this interesting. with you. So yeah. a variety of techniques, but exercise seems to be something that is uh, definitely good for you on many different levels. There are multiple benefits. Yes. So get up and exercise. All right. Uh, stream of consciousness, sir, out. <laughs> That's going to be my catchphrase. Now. That's it. You stream, and Ryan Seacrest. Stream of consciousness, sir, out. out. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, we're going to come back in a moment. You know what? Uh, can I have some more of these movie passes? The screen oh, that yeah, we yeah, have yeah, coming yeah. up? John Wick? 
Uh, John Wick 4. A, yeah, John Wick 4, and this is going to be on March 14th, so it is next Tuesday, a week oh, from today. So excited. Callers uh, 15 and 16, you will be able to go. It's a 7 p.m. show, UA King of Prussia, 215-263-WMMR, and then the movie is going to be in theaters and IMAX on March 24th, so we'll take care of you. We'll be back in a moment. Bizarre File Stories on the way. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. If you missed it, we made an announcement uh, a couple of hours ago, and uh, it's the fact that we are headed back to Clearwater, Florida. Yeah. And we are going to spring training again. This has been a long time since we've done this. Uh, a couple of years off, obviously, because of COVID, but we are going to be at Baycare Ballpark in Clearwater, Florida on St. Patrick's Day. It's crazy. Broad- broadcasting live. Yeah. Talking to members of the team, having a good time, and bringing all the sign, uh, the sounds and sights to you as well. So we'll be streaming while we're down there. Uh, we have another component to that announcement, which will be coming a little bit later on the week, something we're pretty stoked about. Uh, but if you happen to be... Uh, you know, residing in that area and go to the games regularly or you're making a trip for spring training. Uh, we'll be at Frenchie's Tiki Pavilion in left field starting at 6 a.m. The uh, gates open for the game that day at 1135 and then the Phils take on the Blue Jays at 105 on St. Patrick's Day. I love that area, especially yeah. if they uh, you get a, an errant home run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. It's uh, it's big league uh, baseball in a minor league stadium. Yep. Uh, and so you, yeah. There's uh there you you sit on the grass in yeah, the outfield yeah. and you can easily catch a home run ball out there. I Pretty feel cool. like maybe I could hit a home run there out um, of that park. Yeah, left field or right? No, left field only because uh, I don't have the power to go oppo and uh, center field. But I feel like is I'm it right. in is it indeed uh, shorter? Yeah, yeah. Usually the the, the poles are are shorter. Yeah, it's a, I it's don't shorter. think you could. No, what about no, a, what about t ball? Oh, it's well, like three thirty to right and left. We have to try this. <laughs> yeah. We clearly have to find out if we, right. we, we can be allowed to do can that. Can he bat from the pitcher's mound? He, uh, that's what I was talking about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Remember when you had a catch with Joe Girardi? That was cool. That was really cool. And that all worked out. Well, yeah. I mean, well, he, he, you know what? He ended up being the National League Manager of the Year. Just, just with a different team. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe we could do this something like that with Rob Thompson. He's a, he, Apparently, I've never met him, but he's uh, Canadian, therefore a very nice person. Okay. Um, well, we've got time to think about this. We do. Uh, we leave a week from Thursday, and then we'll be broadcasting live on Friday. But we're excited for uh, the whole event, and hopefully you'll be along with us. All right, Bizarre File, here we go. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you this morning by Horizon Services. Lower your home heating costs with a same-day system tune-up from Horizon Services Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical for $79.00. And get your spring service for just $59. Book fast at horizoneasybook.com. So a man, this Kathy covered this in the news earlier this morning. A man tried to open an emergency exit door and stab a flight attendant with a broken spoon on a Los Angeles to Boston flight on Sunday. Francisco Severo Torres was arrested Sunday at Boston Logan International Airport. Uh, Torres apparently was charged with one count of interference and attempted interference with a flight with flight crew members and attendants using a dangerous weapon. Francisco, that's fun to say. Uh, the alleged incident <laughs> uh, took place Sunday morning, about 45 minutes before landing in Boston. Flight crew were notified that one of the plane's doors was disarmed. 
Why would you disarm the door? The door's locking handle had been moved out of the locked position, and an emergency slide arming lever had been moved to its disarmed position. Torres was seen around the door, and a flight attendant confronted him. Torres asked the flight attendant if a camera had captured him tampering with the door. And then Torres got out of his seat and thrust toward one of the flight attendants in a stabbing motion. He hit the attendant on the neck three times. Wow. Passengers tackled Torres and helped restrain him. There's video of this, by the way. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Torres was immediately taken into custody upon the flight's arrival to Boston. In an interview with police, Torres said that he went into the bathroom and broke a spoon in half to make a weapon. He also said that he disarmed the door. He told police that he... Had the idea of jumping out of the plane and acknowledged that many people would die if he opened the plane door. Uh, mm. United praised the quick action of their crew and customers and said that the company was working with law enforcement on this. It should be a little bit more involved to open that door. Uh, I would think so. Yeah. All right. This story is out of San Francisco. Ah, yes. Uh, Francisco. That's fun to say. Uh, ATM. This is involved. Poop. No, not at all. Sorry, uh, Tony. I'll sit this one out. Uh, it involves ATMs. Oh. Uh, which is ass to mouth. Yes. <laughs> so it doesn't involve poop. No, this oh is. Oh, my God. ATMs is, uh, you know, where you get your money. Automatic yeah, teller machine. out of someone's ass. Anyhow, no. Uh, they no? provide great convenience, but they're also longtime targets of thieves. Some yes. use skimmers to seal your account or stand nearby to rob customers. Now there's a new kind of ATM fraud. And tell me if you guys have heard of this. Uh, it's called the, um, it's using uh, the tap feature. It's called the tap glue feature. No, I've not heard of this. So uh, they are now warning you if you see the tap function on your de- debit card, which was like the last safe thing you knew you could right. do, you right? Could tap it. Yeah. So the tap feature uses radio waves to access your account. No need to insert your card. But some Chase Bank customers say that thieves used the tap feature plus some ordinary glue to steal their money. Uh, Pamela Bungarino. The old Bungarino. Bungiorno, sorry. All right. The old Bungholo. Yeah. Uh, Showed how she got scammed. She said, I was using the ATM machine on the right-hand side. My partner was here. The guy next to him was here. And I inserted my car, and it didn't work. The man Mm. in line offered advice. He said, oh, you have to use, uh, you have a chip in your card. Uh, You could tap it. So... Bongerino tapped her card. This time it worked. She got her cash, thanked the man, and walked off. And the next morning, she said, I looked at my bank account, and to her shock, she saw three more withdrawals from her account. 940 bucks was gone. And she said, I said to my partner, that guy scammed me last night. Uh, the same thing happened to Bob Bell, the same ATM. When the card reader didn't work, a man leaned in and told him to use the tap function. And um, so Bell tapped his card, took his cash, and uh, two uh, later on, he found two accounts had been drained. $560 was gone. How does it work? Victims complained to the bank manager, and the manager told uh, Bongerino how the scam works. So it starts with glue. She said they put glue in the card reader of the ATM machines uh, so you can't use it. And then a customer, uh, so customers tap their card instead. And here's the trick. When you tap, the account remains open for more transactions unless the customer proactively logs out of it. Uh-huh. And some customers don't know this, but scammers do. Uh, they wait for the victim to leave. They walk up. They continue making withdrawals on their account. That's how it works. You know, I, I, you know, I don't use the tap, but no matter what, I wait there until it says thank you. Yeah. And I, I do it at the gas pump, all of it. I don't use ATMs at all, but I do use the tap feature a lot uh, at grocery store, you know, and uh, gas pump and stuff like that. But 
All three victims filed a fraud claim with Chase Bank, and all three were denied. The bank says the customers authorized those withdrawals. So, uh, well, that's stupid to not uh, help them out with that. But it, I think you should, if you're going to do another transaction, it should require you to tap it again. Yeah. And yeah, that should be part of the process. I would think so. You would have to reinsert your card if you wanted another transaction. Yeah, yeah. A uh, woman had to have a dildo removed from her bladder after <laughs> accidentally inserting it into the wrong hole. Sometimes oh, you push too that. far. Yeah. <laughs> the 29th, she didn't use, she could have used the tap feature. She could use tap. Uh, the Gently. Tw- the 29-year-old from Israel showed up in an emergency unit complaining of discomfort when passing urine and abdominal pain. Uh, apparently, she put it into her ure- urethra by mistake. I mean. How? She is a woman, right? Like, she knows... Did you read the instructions? There's a whole bunch of YouTube videos that can help you out with that. She's 29. Despite spending a few hours... I needed a hammer. Uh, ...trying to remove the object, which was nearly four inches long... Oh, my God. ...and one inch wide... Uh, doctors at the Sharik Zedek Medical Center in Jerusalem treated the woman who wasn't identified. The woman underwent an ultrasound and x-ray, which showed the dildo was stuck horizontally in her bladder. Wow. That's kind of cool. Uh, medics gave the woman antibiotics through an IV drip. They performed a cystoscopy, a procedure that sees a long, thin tube with a small camera attached to the end inserted through the urethra and a bit to remove it. While the patient was under uh, general anesthetic, doctors passed a surgical tool called a grasper. Oh, you know what that does. Through the tube to pull the uh, dildo from her bladder via the urethra. And it must be like one of those coin-operated crane games. Uh, the woman was discharged the same day after doctors confirmed that she could pass urine <laughs> as normal. Couldn't get the dildo, but I got a Funko Pop. One last story, and I love this one. Uh, this is out of Modesto, California. Two shiny dots in the sky Wednesday night apparently startled some residents in California's Central Valley. The sheriff took to Facebook Thursday to tell people that they shouldn't call 911 as NASA confirmed that the stars were, in fact, Jupiter and Venus. Uh-huh. There were people calling the sheriff's Reporting office. Reporting the planets to the police. Uh, he said there's no reason to report this, uh, adding the, that they received multiple calls to dispatch. The two planets were incredibly close as Venus slowly shifted towards Jupiter, passing each other just a half a degree apart, and NASA had explained on the website. That's pretty cool, though. According to the National Weather Service, the next time Venus and Jupiter will be this close together will be February 7th, 2032. Oh, wow. So they call it a a, uh, celestial kiss, right? That is correct. Yes. And there you go. That is what I have in the bizarre file for you. Yes. (laughs) I want to kiss Jupiter. (laughs) You don't want to kiss Uranus? No. I did once and then... Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. It tasted like Nutella. Well, that actually tastes pretty good. I know. Okay. You want some? <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. All right, and that's it in the B-File. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back in just a moment. We'll get the lesson question, trash, and music news. Stay with us. Who's playing where? When? Answer your Philly concert inquiries at WMMR.com. All the shows that rock, all in one place. Just click on our always up-to-date concert calendar at WMMR.com. Get social with Preston and Steve. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. And coming soon to OnlyFans. I'm kidding. This is Virginia Lottery recording session. We are rolling whenever you're ready, Sam. Coming this Tuesday. The Virginia Lottery is... Try option three. The Virginia Lottery has newly brewed and fun to do... Try four... 
We have a rotating selection of scratchers, online games, print and play. Actually, just read option one. Virginia Lottery, new games every Tuesday. Perfect. For more information, visit VALottery.com slash Tuesday. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. We got ourselves this Tuesday. Going to do some more giveaways in a little bit. My friends at Watercrock, they have some more gift cards giveaway. We're going to do something else oh, yeah. right now because we have a lesson question to pose to you and see if you do know an answer to something that took place earlier on the program. And to give away as a prize today, uh, we have a pair of tickets to see Alice in Chains founder Jerry Cantrell. He's playing the Brighton Tour at the Excite Center stage inside Parks Casino on Saturday, March 18th. So, the question that we will go with today is, when he draws faces on Adrian's nipples, what does Rocky name them? 215263WMMR, okay? When he draws faces on Adrian's nipples, what does he name them? 215263WMMR. Let's find out if you were listening. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Holly Trash. And it is brought to you by What a Crock. Delicious home cooked meals designed for your slow cooker and shipped directly to your doorstep. No prep, mess, or stress required. Visit whatacrock.com to see what's cooking. Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, 77. 77- year old Bette Midler is no longer hiding the fact that she has had plastic surgery done on her face, which she calls tailoring. To explain, it's very much the same way the president's faces were tailored into the side of Mount Rushmore. (laughs) Rachel Ray getting sentimental now that she's announced her cooking talk show will officially end after its 17th season. Ray says there have been many wonderful moments during those years, but by far the most disturbing was having to watch Mickey Rourke eat ribs. <laughs> and finally, 76-year-old Cher assuring reporters that she and much younger boy toy boyfriend A.E. Edwards are still going strong after she was seen at a party without him. Cher explained, saying that Edwards had to stay home because he refused to finish everything on his plate. <laughs> All righty, and we're going to see if you do indeed know the answer to this question. When he draws faces on Adrian's nipples, what does Rocky name them? 215 263 WMMR. We're going first to Kevin. See if we can get the answer. Kevin, good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it, my brother. All right, so when Rocky draws faces on Adrian's nipples, what does he name them? Uh, that would be Bowtie and Cumberbund. That is correct. Yeah. Bowtie and Cumberbund. Hang on a second. We're going to get your information. <laughs> there we go. I was like, that's the losing yeah. sound effect. Uh, Kevin, you got yourself a pair of tickets to see Allison Chains founder Jerry Cantrell's Brighton tour at the Excite Center stage inside Parks Casino. Saturday, March 18th, MMR VIPs. You can enter at WMMR.com for a chance to win passes for the VIP meet and greet and sound check as well. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. All right, brought to you this morning by Monster Mania. The big names in horror are going to be at Monster Mania Com 53. It's this weekend at the Doubletree Hotel in Cherry Hill. Special guests include Charlie Hunnam and the Sons of Anarchy reunion. Uh, tickets at monstermania.net. Plans are said to be in the works for a major Live Aid-like benefit concert in support of the Ukraine and President Vladimir Zelensky. 
According to The Sun, organizers are hoping to attract Paul McCartney, The Rolling Stones, U2, Adele, Florence and the Machine, Noel Gallagher, The Killers, and Pink. No Josh Groban? Uh, to play London's Wembley Stadium on June 24th. You raise me Uh, I don't know. They may have reached out to him for all I know. No, you know what? No, he's busy. He's doing Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Very, very rich. He's very inspirational, though. Have you heard that song? So they're looking to play London's Wembley Stadium on June 24th for a massive, globally televised concert. Uh, An unnamed source told the paper it's going to be huge, properly A-list, and on a global scale. It's something people have wanted to do for a while. Uh, but the date has now been nailed down and booked at Wembley Stadium. Invitations to perform are going out thick and fast. Thick the, and fast. To the biggest names and in the drippy. business. Uh, of course, there is an awareness that at relatively short notice, many superstars uh, have prior commitments. But they're optimistic, and a number of those they've spoken to are already on board. The insider went on to say for bands like U2 and Bono, who are pretty outspoken about their views on war and conflict. It feels like a great opportunity uh, to keep hammering home the severity of the situation in Ukraine. You should get a lot of the artists together and do a music video and call it We Are the Ukraine. We are, are the, the Ukraine. Ukraine. It rolls we right are off the tongue. the Ukrainian. Um, Corey Taylor said that his new solo LP, CMFT2, will be, quote, the best rock album of this year and the next. Wow. Uh, the so slip- then I have to buy it. Slipknot and Stone Sour frontman said, I can't wait for people to hear this album. It chews up that first record and spits it out. Nom, nom. Uh, it's more dialed in with everything that people are expecting, are expecting from me. Uh, so it's got hints of CMFT, but there are also hints of Slipknot, Stone Sour, and all the stuff that I've done in my acoustic shows. I've got everything for everybody. Hmm. He said, people are going to effing lose it. Gonna lose, it's going to be sick. 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 CMF- like music? Yes. CMFT. CMFT 2. Sick. Is due in September. September. By the way. Sick. It is. When's the last time you got sick over music? Uh, nearly four years since its initial release on uh, the Hollywood Vampires 2019 album, Rise... The band has posted a video for You Can't Put Your Arms Around a Memory. So this came out in 2019. They just put a video it's out a for it. a sick tune. It is. Um, and, uh, what? Yeah, okay. Are you uh, sick? No. I'm not. <laughs> I feel sick. You seem sick. Uh, the black and white video, which showcases bandmates uh, Joe Perry of Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, and Johnny Depp performing the song both on stage and in rehearsal, Features Perry taking the lead on the 1978 Johnny Thunders classic. And then finally, I was just handed this. Out of the press. A moment ago. Yeah. It's a concert announcement. Sick. Saturday, April 16th at the Wells Fargo Center, MMR Rocks. Peter Gabriel. Oh! Sledgehammer. Yeah. Salisbury Hill. So... Uh, so it is called the I.O. It's called I.O. The Tour. What? Uh, tickets go on sale this Friday, by the way, 10 a.m. via Wells Fargo Center Philly.com. Uh, there is a pre-sale on Thursday, by the way. Uh, and you can get uh, pre-sale info, password, complete details at WMMR.com. So again, 
Uh, Peter Gra- Peter Gabriel, I owe the tour. It's a Saturday. That's wonderful. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday, September 16th. What if you're performing anything from Selling England by the Pound? At Wells Fargo Center. Uh, I saw him in concert when he did this O tour, and uh, it was phenomenal. Yeah. An incredible show. Yeah, so uh, tickets, like I said, go on sale this Friday. At 10 a.m. via Wells Fargo Center, Philly.com. Uh, WMMR.com to get all the information, by the way. I've right, never seen them. I really, I think what? this is uh, the year I go. Yeah. You go. You yeah. know, because it's one of those ones where you don't get that many more chances. Right. Agreed. After uh, David Crosby died, I didn't realize that I had seen Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in concert. Oh. And, like, I'd completely forgotten all about it. And then I was, uh, you know, listening to So Far, the album, on my way home from work. And Sweet Judy Blue Eyes came on. And then I was like... Oh, crap, I was at the show because they messed the song up. And so they had started it and started singing it. And then I, maybe, like, Graham Nash or Stephen Stills messed up. Wow. And they stopped the song in the middle so of conscious. it all. Yeah. And, uh, and I think what was funny to them about it was the person that messed it up. They're like, you know, either Graham Nash always messes it up, and this time it was Stephen Stills, or Stephen Stills messed it up, you know. Was that the Wells Fargo Center? Uh, it was at the Wells Fargo Center, yeah. yeah. I, was, I was at that show. Yep. That is wild. Uh, so it triggered a little memory triggered for you. Triggered a little memory. All right. Huh? Uh, that's the last item in music news. We do have two of these left. $25 gift cards for What a Crock Meals. Delicious. And we'll take callers 11 and 12 at 215-263-WMMR. And if you want to check out uh, how you can get set up with What a Crock Meals, uh, visit whatacrock.com. All right, whatacrock.com. Yeah. They, they have a couple of locations, by the way. Uh, Booth's Corner Farmer's Market. And uh, their location in Brookhaven on Edgemont Avenue. And you just throw it in the slow cooker and you got your dinner ready to go. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment and wrapping up the program when we return. So stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Today's high, about 48. Looks like a really pretty day. Now I'm starting to see the trees move around a little bit outside the windows. Calling for very gusty conditions today. Later on this afternoon, like uh, 2, 3 o'clock, we're talking about 40 mile an hour gusts. That's almost 50 miles an hour. That's so. That's just 10 miles an hour off of 50 miles an hour. Uh, but that's pretty damn breezy. So yeah. uh, just a heads up on that. And uh, tomorrow we're looking at about 50 degrees in sunshine. So not a bad day there. Thursday, sunny and 51. Then Saturday, they're calling maybe a little bit of rain and snow action with the high only about like 42 degrees. So it's going to cool off a little bit. Sorry, I have my Fabergé eggs on my roof. Oh, I'm going to go up and get them down. Yeah, bring them in. Yeah. Good idea. Um, I would like to thank our one and only guest today, Mr. Scott Franski, yeah. voice of the radio Phillies, play-by-play announcer. And the reason we had him on is we made an announcement. We're headed to spring training. We are going to Clearwater, the President of Steve Show, broadcasting live from the ballpark there in Clearwater, uh, at, on St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day morning. And then there's a 105 game. And as you can imagine, people are going to be in a festive mood. Team said they wouldn't play without us on there. So, yeah. yeah. So we got to do what we got to <laughs> yeah. do. Our part for the team. No, but I'm looking for, I'm, ho- I'm hoping we get to sit down with Reese again because yeah. we, we had several years ago. Um, and, and anybody else who, uh, is it, and Bryce is going to be there. Yeah, so Bryce is recovering from Tommy John surgery, so he's not playing in spring training, which means, yeah. uh, but he'll be in, in Clearwater, which means, you know, it's a good opportunity. We'll have a chance to chat with him. We were supposed to in 2020, and then uh, the world blew apart. So. He can be with us for the whole show, Nick, and I'll even let him push some of my buttons. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, all right, well, I'll he let Bryce know. Pick, a, pick his favorite fart and hit it. Yeah. I, I got to believe we'll have a chance to talk to I him. I think so, too. I think it'd be really cool to hang out with him, so we'll see how that goes. But anyhow, St. Patrick's Day. 
Uh, we'll be in Clearwater. And then we've got part two yeah. of that announcement to reveal after a few more legalities have been covered. Um, and we'll get to that hopefully Thursday or Friday. So uh, we're happy to share that with you. Thank you also to our friends at uh, whatacrock.com who came by. Uh, they brought in all kinds of great food. Buffalo chicken dip, honey garlic uh, chicken, French toast bread pudding. Dear God! And you can go to whatacrock.com and order from them. Or go to their one of their two locations, Booth's Corner, Farmer's Market, and their location in Brookhaven on Edgemont Road. Wasn't it... Um, was it Jason? Is he the, Justin. Uh, I'm sorry, Justin, uh, the owner. I think he called him one time when we were talking about, and, and correct me wrong, <laughs> we were talking about something you didn't get yes. for a long time. Like, you're like, oh, that's what that means. His own wife. Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Did not get the what a crock oh, right, right, reference. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's his company. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a crock of S. Yeah, yeah. Is, she didn't understand. She didn't get, he just thought, oh, he's picked a name and <laughs> what a crock. That's it fine. seems to make, yeah. he, it's important to him. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it makes him happy. So uh, it happens from time to time. Uh, Pierre's here. How you Good doing, day. Right? Good day. Nice to see Is you, it sir. Windy out there now? It's, it's um it's a little nippy. It's not um it's not uh, lovable weather. Okay. It looks warmer than it is. Um uh it wouldn't be so bad but the but the wind uh, makes it just a titch worse. And it's going to bring it down even more because right. the wind is going to increase in velocity and not many of us are going to make it through the day. Yeah. Right. Aww. Yeah. The velociraptors are out as well. Exactly. Uh, yeah. oh the God. wind brings yeah. them out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> The right velocity brings out the raptors, and um, it's raptor weather. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really wind it. raptor weather. Wind's blowing down the boardwalk. All the velociraptors coming out. <laughs> oh, I would pay good money see a movie with Bruce Springsteen, a singer on the boardwalk, and when it gets Jurassic windy, Park. yeah, the raptor. Raspberry Park. Raspberry Park. Park. Oh. oh my God! Terry Jackson flies. <laughs> Oh, man. Mood dogs drip loincloth waves. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. It's not Wendy. Instead of uh, Mary's dress sways or whatever. Yeah. Mary's dress waves. Her loincloth sways. Like a crow and she crawls to my feet as we dine on brontosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum saying something stupid. Oh, oh yeah, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Anyway, um, letter of the day, maybe? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the President Steve Show brought to you today by the letter. He is in paradactyls. Paradactyls. <laughs> yeah. With a P. Yeah. All right, we're uh, going to give away on Friday four tickets on the floor to see Muse, Will of the People Tour, and that's on Sunday, March 19th, Wells Fargo Center. Uh, with special guest Evanescence, and some tickets remain via Wells Fargo Center Philly.com. You know why you can't hear anything when pterodactyls go to the bathroom, right? No, why? Because their pee is silent. Okay. <laughs> Are pterodactyls carnivores? Uh, sure. Okay, because I think the scariest dinosaurs are carnivores, and like the eat, like the most peaceful are the herbivores, but the most polite are the porphivores. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was good. Thank you. you worked that right in there. Uh, well, thank I, you, Nick. For a moment, for a moment, <laughs> I thought you were just observing, <laughs> and uh, and then you 
And then you go and totally redeem yourself. <laughs> All right. Straight up. By the way, uh, we have uh, Tattoo Day today. Real quick before we have uh, Pierre tell us what he's got going on in today's program. I would like to award a gift to Mr. Michael Mahan of Roxborough, Pennsylvania. I think that's Mahan. I went Mahan. Mahan? Yeah, All I right. knew a guy in high school, John Mahan. What's up, John? All right, and we're going to give uh, <laughs> Michael a $350 gift certificate for Floating World Tattoo and Piercing. Uh, and, of course, you can check them out, 1729 South Street in Philadelphia. For artwork samples, visit floatingworldtattoos.com. Or check them out on Instagram at Floating World Tattoos. What's happening today, Pierre? What was that joke again? What about dinosaurs? Yeah. Well, the, the most uh, the scariest ones are the carnivores. The nicest ones are the herbivores, but the most polite are the porphivores. Wow. What's the one he tells in Jurassic Park? Do you do you think he? You think he's Saurus? Yeah. Do you think yeah. he's Saurus? Yeah. And what's the name of the his dog? Do you think he's Saurus Rex? Yeah. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a two parter. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, speaking of Bruce, we will um, start a series of little vignettes today. Looking uh, forward to this. run through the day. Kevin wrote them and uh, produced them. Kevin Gunn, our professor uh, of all things Bruce and many more things. Um, and they're really uh, cool. Put together uh, about various pieces of Bruce and Philly history combined. Oh. Station's history um, in honor of next Thursday's show. Uh, so those will run several times a day. I think the first one, I think, starts at 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, and Brent will have one and Jackie will have one. Uh, and that'll be through the uh, right up to showtime. So it'll be cool. Uh, and then I have Muse tickets to give away. Uh, not floor tickets like you do, but uh, other tickets. And then I have nice workforce blocks to play. Uh, so they'll be fun. I, I don't know what they are. <laughs> okay. But they'll be nice. Uh, fun, but they'll fun be nice blocks. blocks. Uh, they'll be paradise nice special. Uh, they'll be herbivorous <laughs> and luxurious. Um, Pancake is out. Uh, he's got the vid. Oh, does uh, he? Yeah. I was kissing him yesterday. Well, that was your first mistake. Um, uh, and I got I got a cold from El Cardboard O Classic, um, but. Uh, <laughs> I didn't get the vid. I tested on right. Sunday. You're vidless. I tested, I'm, I'm vidless. vidless. Uh, I've got no vittles, <laughs> Granny. Granny, can you make us some vittles? Um, that was Beverly Hillbillies' yeah, yes. reference. I remember. I, that was I, a meet the press. Anyway, um, but I tested. We sang his, the Bill, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies song, yeah, theme song right. at the Cardboard Classic. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We were waiting to go live, and uh-huh. we were trying to get the crowd going. Um, and we sang Green Acres mm-hmm. and uh, Flintstones. Bob Squarepants and yeah. Flintstones, yeah. yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, but the um, thing I was going to say is, I don't know what I was going to say. I forgot I what you were saying, too. It'll be groovy. Just hang with me and help me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre is looking for a lifeline. I, got, I didn't test today. positive today, though. I'm negative again this morning. All right. All right. I just have a cold. Thank you, sir. Right. You can get those, too. You can. Yes, those, you so. can. I went to the store and bought one. I'm going to thank our sponsors. <laughs> Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan. The Preston and Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Meineke for tires, brakes, batteries, exhaust systems, and more. Meineke doing car care, right? And also brought to you by LASIK Experts. Book your free LASIK consultation today at LASIKexperts.com tomorrow on the program Wednesday, Fox Good Days. We'll go on TV. We'll have a secret text word. And we've rescheduled the interview. Uh, Diane Franklin, the actress who was from uh, Better Off Dead and 
uh, Last American Virgin and Bill and Ted's Adventure. Yeah. Adventure uh, will be joining us tomorrow. We'll see what else we can do. That's it. We're done. Ray Dawn, have a great day. And we'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. When you save on auto insurance for driving safe with USAA Safe Pilot, you'll feel like a big deal. Even in a traffic jam. Save up to 30% with USAA Safe Pilot. Restrictions apply.